At the mouth of the foil, bid farewell to the soil, as down below decks we were lying. For Doherty screamed, walking out of a dream, by a vision of bold Robert Dyer. The sun burned cruel as we dished out the gruel, Dan O'Connor was down with a fever. Sixty rebels today, bound for Botany Bay, how many will reach their receiver? them to hell as her bow fought the swell her ship danced like a moth in the firelight Welcome to Tales the East End episode 101 and Prof we have hit the 100 milestone and uh, Did you ever think we'd make it Carol? No never, nev- never thought we'd make it 101 I was trying to take a significant 101 but why that was significant you said the Dalmatians 101 Dalmatians uh, other than that something's sticking out in my mind can't think why Let's just keep asking ourselves that question every single week now 105 episodes. Why is this? Why is that significant? Uh, yeah, so we're still sponsored by Camille in Tala Village, and it's absolutely gorgeous. And the hot and sour soup, Prof, that is the one you need to try next. Get yourself some batch bread, some Kerrygold butter. Well, I was gone on Friday, but then I heard that Ray's uh, cooking is back. The the bar is open again on Friday, so. So you've you've ditched the mistress, and you're back with the with the missus. So Ray is the I, I, tend, I tend to rotate, but so I'm back on Ray this week. Yeah, you you don't want to you want to be able to watch the game without falling into a comatose after Camille. Yeah, at least Ray knows his portions. So uh, yeah, so we're still sponsored by them, and check out their menus online, and they deliver in and around the Tallaght area. So they are fantastic and gorgeous. And Prof's favorite is the was it crispy chili chicken? That's it. That's the one. Send you into a coma. So. We're going to review the two games away to Dirty and Water from the past week and look ahead to draw it in the second round of the cup and we have a mystery guest in Johnny Blues today and he'll be along shortly. Who could so, that be? Who could that be, prof? And our 100 episode spectacular took place at the Four Provinces pub last week and it was an absolute belter. And, ah, great uh, show. Like I said, I can remember the show. That's about it. Points of Piper yeah. are the devil. I had to be pointed out to you the next day that you went to the Forge. Didn't even know. Imagine that. Know. Imagine being active in a place and ordering drinks and talking to people and then waking up on the kitchen floor and not knowing that you did that. The piper yeah. is the devil. It's actually lethal. Ah, oh, stop. And it's actually really easy. It goes down well because you switched onto the puddle and you went mm. back to the piper. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that was uh, in the four provinces. So we haven't I wasn't put the... quite as bad as you, but uh, <laughs> I, was, I was an absolute bitch oh, when I got man. home. I tell you what though, it wasn't actually that bad. The more like I was wrote off in the night, but there's not much of a hangover from that piper stuff. Like I was dehydrated and slight bit of a headache, but I wasn't messy, messy. So it's it's good stuff. It's made well. Pat Flynn was our was our headline guest. He says he says he's done now, Gar. He's he's no more stories left. But I think nobody will ever get sick of Padgett, will they? No, I think he went X rated on us. At the 100 episode, and fair play to him. So he finally spilled <laughs> some of the beans, some of those X-rated beans. He blew his X-rated beans all over the four provinces. And uh, we uh, have... I want to be forcing his own substitutions. I'm surprised we even got Merrill in with his busy schedule, you know? Yeah. That one about forcing his own substitution. Oh, yeah. one of the best stories I've ever Brilliant. Heard. Absolutely and, brilliant. And James Lowe asked him, 
because we had each guest ask Padjo a question and James asked him like who had the biggest wang, wang in yeah. the in the Rover squad back then and then it was and stolen then, from the from the, the grasp of Emma Wheatley that yeah, question yeah and then I went to the Jacks and then who is on my left James Lowe who's to my right Pat Flynn at the <laughs> stalls I'm just thinking having an old little look eyes front that's <laughs> eyes front and then the second break I went to the Jacks again who's on my left James Lowe Who's on my right? Pat Flynn. Oh, you're on the same cycle? On the same cycle. On the same cycle. Yeah. So you definitely had a little peek. And Kieran, when the barman, he was being mischievous, Gary, he put up a sign at the bottom of the stairs saying, Welcome to Daily Man. I know, yeah. Ah, a bit of needle, a bit of crack, but they really looked after us and uh, we'll definitely be getting back. We're going to organise a bus from there. So one of our famous Tifties buses will be leaving from the four provinces at least once t- before the end of the season. So, uh it won't be the usual abo, so it's something, something a little bit different, you know. We can we can bring a couple of lads down and see how we get on. So we have put the highlights of the video up yet, but uh, Prof released the video of John Delaney and went down a tree. Uh, John was I once again nailed him, absolutely nailed him. Very very talented fellow is our uh, ah, impressionist, jack of all trades, old yeah. old deco. Con Murphy messaged me and said, "This guy could make a lot of money with this." Unbelievable! You could do a weekly thing like. <laughs> with, the, with the comedic brain there you could do a weekly thing so anyone wondering why we wanted that Elvis wig remember we put up the advert on Facebook now you know why I tell you what you did well because when, when I heard Elvis I didn't think you would have got that and the grey as well like I mean who, yeah. who provided the wig actually oh, he got his own wig and uh, funny enough on the packet it said corporate wig corporate wig it was yeah. perfect wasn't it it's class yeah. absolutely perfect so with great feedback and um, the whole show in general. Orla Stanford tweeted, it was a very idiotic decision to listen to the podcast while in the gym, crying, laughing in the middle of the weight section. On the plus side, it makes me look like I'm putting a good shift in. So tears streaming down in the gym. That's he, actually we want, isn't it? We've crafty hoop, fully listened. And what do we always say, Gar? Our favourite feedback, overseas listeners. Oh yeah, here we go. Crafty hoop. Crafty hoop is overseas. Where is he again? It's crafty hoop in the USA. Well, he says here he's he's following on the trails of the Rockies. So oh, lovely! There so he's go. up in Canada. He's not. He's rocking around Canada. Fully listened to the episode on the weekend. What a great episode! I have to concur with some of the sentiments mentioned at the end of the show. Uh, the value of the podcast as a contribution to the club and to the Rovers faithful far and wide. What a great service you guys have both put in, as well as anyone in the background. I'm usually listening in my headphones, walking around the trails of the Rockies here with my dog. Being miles away from Tallah Stadium, the matches usually comes on at lunchtime here, and I go for a hop or a long lunch or pull up the stream in a browser tab. We'll be more than happy to pay for an SRFC TV subscription, by the way. That a couple of hours a week and jumping on the farm, hunting down Rovers content online is all a fix of Rovers you can get from a distance. And having the podcast makes such a difference. Talking to all the characters and Rovers fans, players, people in the background, it brings you in to the side of the club and helps stoke the fire to keep the connection alive. And this week's episode, chatting with so many different folks, when Rovers faithful really brought all that home double fold. So great job, lads. So very, very complimentary yeah. uh, message from Crafty Hook much there. A, much appreciated. Much message. appreciated as well. Yeah, that's all we want to do. It's just a bit of crack, really, isn't it? One man that was not happy is uh, Farky Gare. He, uh, he doesn't like us replaying the old podcast clips. Ah, oh, no, oh, a bit of evidence, is it? I don't know. but uh, Miserable old git at times, our Forky, isn't he? As soon as he gave out about that, I I immediately recalled that someone had left a comment on the SoundCloud website called Weasel. That was his username. And he said, enough of the time travel. <laughs> so then I said to Forky, are you Weasel by any chance? He was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> enough of the yeah. time travel. Yeah, miserable Elgie. And we're still getting great reaction to our, our documentary as well. If you haven't seen it for whatever reason yet, search 
the rise and fall of Tales from the East End into YouTube. And also put in put on headphones as well because the music is actually intense. Yeah, it's much better. It's much, much better with earphones. But it's a bit of crack as well. And um yeah, so we talk we spoke about the hangovers. Uh, the trad band, they were a bit mad, weren't they? The Ishbini Neheran, yeah. the Sausages of Ireland, they jumped up. They were walking across the bar playing and giving it socks. and They were really good. So if you ever think about heading down, check them out. They were class. Seemed to recall them singing a song about Chris Benoit at one stage. Yeah, they did. Does it, I yeah. had no idea what the lyrics were. I just know it was about Chris Benoit. Mm. Definitely more checking out, but they were great and young guys as well from Crumlin. I was so, chatting shy to them at one stage. Uh, I don't know what I was saying. Absolute shy, absolute shy talk. Aussie Nate was ribbing your girl oh, about no. the hundred episode. He was like, "Nah, nah, ninety six. <laughs> He's grabbing onto that one now. <laughs> grabbing onto it. Uh, yeah. So, uh, all a great weekend. Anyway, fantastic stuff. And um, so we'll uh, yeah we'll do a bit of general news. Before our guests arrive, so Dundalk crashed out of Europe and they lost 3 1 to Slovan Bratislava in Talafor 1 in Agra. Was any feces knocking around the South Stand prof like before? Shiting all over the place last time, weren't they? So Dundalk managed zero wins, two goals, and one of those was only a consolation goal by Duffy in the mm-hmm. second leg in seven games. We got two wins and seven goals in four games. Oh. Great stuff, and it's I think it's. Is this the demise of Dundalk? Can we catch them, prof? Can they, will they bring that form into the league? I know you keep announcing that their their demise is imminent, but I mean, if you just look at their league form there, if you, say it, if you say it enough, it happens, all right? <laughs> yeah, the league form is pretty good. We'll give them that. I think they've used CD twice next. Yeah. So, um, nothing to look forward to there. But like we said, they crashed our Europe 3-1, Slavon Breslav and Tala 4-1 on aggregate. And uh, Dave Dunn was delighted to see them go out. He said, bad for Ireland's image when these Muldoons travel abroad. The strange language they speak leaves Europeans perplexed. Jeez, I don't think Dave's too fond of the loud natives. No, pretty sure he hasn't a list for hatred before. And then we've Graham Bork. He spoke about why he's returned home. He said the best line, and we felt that the best line was this: "I feel like I'm properly embedded in this club. I, ne- I never enjoyed my football as much elsewhere compared with here." But that's what we spoke about before. With Brad's have been able to to bring the best out of these young prodigies like Jack Bourne and and uh, and Borky and just get them playing their best football like a, a happy Jack Bourne is a Jack Bourne that's playing football well you know like I said and there's actually a really good interview uh, from Graham Barrett I think it's called the Football Family Podcast and he spoke about um, his mother being a massive influence in getting him to come home because she she was fed up with him you know knocking around England and, and just not, not playing enough football not enjoying it so she got him home and she said apparently we have to do a whip around to, to look after her get her a bouquet of flowers because she is the reason. Yeah, did you see him hugging his his family and friends after the full-time whistle in Waterford? Ah, it was great. It's yeah. great to see. He's playing football and he's happy, you know. He's, he's got good people around him. And, of course, he had won uh, the Artistic League Player of the Month for July. And he was had an absolutely smashing one. But I tell you, you know who's up for, for probably going to win it in August? Has to be Greener. Greener has to be well up there. Nice. I mean, he's four and four. I'm he tired. scores on Friday. He's in there. He's he's well in there. He'll get Rovers one anyway. He'll definitely get our one. But he's up there, four and four, doing really well. Jamie McGrath must be devastated. Girl. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't even in the Ireland squad. I know. And Jack Bourne, disgracefully in it for all that form and assists and goals and just all that good play. But he's in the forty-man preliminary squad. I reckon he get picked. I reckon he's a fantastic option to have on the bench. I mean, if you're struggling to break down the likes of Gibraltar or one of these teams. And uh, 
you've got Jack Bourne on the bench who you could bring on a bit of creativity someone who tries something different I think that's it's a great option to have do and he's done it in Europe he, he can show he can do it against these good teams do not get me started on these 40 man squads oh you hate them the you hate them the bane of my existence it, it's like you, what you always say it's like great lads here you go here's like here's here's like 10 quid and then they just take it back off you're 10 <laughs> minutes later say no nope, it's gone and exactly what I say <laughs> always happens happened again Troy Parry tweeted it's a dream come true and then Mick McCarthy goes well actually no he probably won't be involved <laughs> but the thing is what I think what it is they're, they're thinking of it is okay here's a 40 man squad now you're being considered now you're in the window now you have to push on and do a little bit more I think that's what they're probably aiming at whereas you're just thinking it's, it's cruel it's cruel where do you start like yeah it is okay, I understand what you're saying how do you tell your family and friends, like, did you get a call up or not? Yeah. It's so murky. And it's not something that you'd, you'd say in, like, let's say, a no podcast 10 years down the line, and you never got a cap, and they were like, oh, yeah, so, uh, did you get a cap? He was like, no, but I made for the 40-man squad. Yep. <laughs> it's not something to brag about, really. Did Gary Rogers once make a 40-man squad? Yep, I think so, yeah. I think they needed a, I think he was the water boy. Uh, in fairness, he made the bench for that game, whatever it was. But uh, He was the water boy. Okay, Gary <laughs> Uh, Jack Byrne first Rovers player to win the player of the month award twice in one season since Gary Twig in 2012 Twiggy what a season he had that year and uh, he's fast becoming a fan favourite and uh, even winning over the sternest of fans like Mick the Senator McCarthy as well who was Blown away by him and saying he's up there with uh, with Pat Bourne. So uh, Justin Mason said he had to make a change. He was all time eleven. He took Alan Bourne out, didn't he? He take Alan Bourne out. Was it Alan Bourne? It, yeah. So he took somebody out, and, and Emma Wheatley wasn't happy either. Ooh. So you have uh, a bit more news, and Danny Carr has joined the European Congress. Apollon Limassol for an undisclosed fee, and there was a bit of backlash here, Prof. Ward awards in the media. The Brad's gloves were off. Yeah, they were well and truly off. The clothes and everything it was just a skin club. It was Brad's. I said he didn't like what he heard, been hearing from Dan's side, even though he had 18 months left on his contract. He said he thought he was bigger than the club and Carr retweeted that it was untrue and disrespectful. A lot of bollocks to quote him. And if, if, if we're going to go down this road and discuss this one, you could, like, let's say if it is true about Dan and his head was torn, you have Brad's are dealing with a player who he knows isn't 100% committed to the team because his head had been torn by looking for another deal or not looking for another deal but looking for another team actively going about looking for a different club so if that's true mm-hmm. you've got Brads are having to deal with that a bid comes in and you could see after the Derry game he was dying even before maybe he was dying to say something but I think the deal was still in motion but then when the card officially gone he came out and said what he said and then I don't know, I think, was it a bad time? Was it sour grapes? I can understand how he feels because obviously the stuff we don't know that happens on in the background. Well, since we've um, sort of prepared this show, Kara's actually done a radio interview where his side of the story is that, you know, he was committed to the club. Really? And then the appalling offer came in and then off he went. So, So he claims he wasn't pushing a move. Whereas Brazzer's side story is, he had eighteen months of a contract, but he wanted out. Yeah, and then you'd have his rep. Maybe well, his representatives were. I mean, we like so we don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but his representatives could have came to Brazzer and said he wants a new contract, wants a pay rise, 
and let's say we decide to say, well, he's 18 months on his contract, we'll discuss it in 12 months' time, and then they were like, okay, well, he's going to be actively looking for a different club. You don't That could have happened. You don't know what happens behind closed doors. It's it's a game of cat and mouse. It's mm-hmm. like a game of chess. Like You're just going against the other guy because you want what you want, and each side wants their, their own end product, and ultimately, I mean, Dan... He got he's gone now and he possibly got a better deal. But players and managers fall out though. I mean, it doesn't have to necessarily be the case where one of them is just outright lying. It can just it can be a falling out. Yeah, a lot, some people don't agree that with Brazier being so public in his, in his statements. And uh, I kind of I understand that. Yeah, people are annoyed about it. Yeah. I actually like that both fans didn't like it. Yeah, because I just I just don't care. <laughs> <But> <laughs> Like they're calling Brazzer disrespectful and all. But like I don't agree with fans some fans saying good riddance and all because I mean Yeah, no, because I mean Carr was a good player. Yeah, Carr was a good player, he was a good option to have. I don't I don't get the, the there's there is like hatred towards him now as well. There has been some hatred mm. from fans towards him, good riddance and stuff like that. No, Dan was okay. Did a did a job for us. He uh, could do things that even Jack Byrne couldn't do. Like yeah. those two goals against Bowes. No one would have ever even thought of doing that. Never mind executing it. And no one would ever talk about them again because they were in losses. Yeah. On the f- and uh, he came on against Brand, changed the game. On the flip side, there's moments like the same game against Brand where he just jogged around for the last five minutes and didn't try. So, yeah, there's pros and cons to yeah. Dan Kerr, obviously. And, but, but that's Kerr. Uh, like, someone actually pointed out to me, I think it was Deco. He turns it on every second game. Ah, uh, there you go. Because he knows he can he can afford to do that. And people will just forget about the previous game. He do you think, do you think that's how he thinks? I don't know if that's how he thinks, but that's that's been his form. And he's blown out of his arse after 60 minutes most games. <laughs> his, his fitness didn't seem to be fantastic. He was always struggling. I think uh, Cyprus is tailor-made for him, actually. It's, uh, it's a skillful player. Yeah, He's a journeyman. If you look yeah. at his CV... So he's going to get a nice wage, nice weather. It's per- he couldn't say no really to it. Yeah, I mean, it's what he wanted. So uh, we wish him all the best. And um, in other news, we've Collie O'Neill gone from UCD after a 10-1 defeat to Bowes. Do you think that a 10-1 defeat in any level of football, your job is under threat? Do you think that it's an unfair one? There's a lot of people coming out of woodwork, like I think the Henderson brothers, Stephen Henderson, and a couple of other people, and players are coming out and saying that he shouldn't have been sacked. But there seems to be a lot of turmoil in the background ever since the I think kind, it had of, been kind of building. thing. Definitely had been building. I don't think he was sacked because of the 10-1. Yeah. I think there was an issue with the keeper as well. The keeper that was dropped, Conor Cairns was banned for five games. The keeper that came in against us, and he let in seven. And then I think that keeper was dropped. So there's there's all sorts of politics going on at a club. So we don't know what happened mm-hmm. on the inside. But is I mean he seemed to have done a good job. With it's it, is it a poison chalice? I mean there's no expectations really with UCD is there in the in the Premier League it's just to kind of stay up and produce players. I think even if even if Connor hadn't done what he did, they lost like four of their best players in the summer transfer window. This probably would have happened anyway. They were decimated. Their results were going to go into decline. Yeah. And at the just at the wrong time, Harps picked up a bit of form and they've pulled away now. Harps are looking to catch in Waterford now at this stage as well. I think they're on 23 points. Waterford on 27. Mm. A couple could. of games played more maybe. Yeah, Waterford had a couple of games. I'd love to hands, see them yeah. stage a comeback and even Cork getting dragged into it. 
But uh, yeah, we um some Lens Senior League news and we've Dave Mooney joining the the billionaires that are Lucan the, United. The three people in work today brought this up to me. Yeah. Who's Dave Mooney, Carl? <laughs> I'm like, why are you asking me about Dave Mooney? Signing for Lucan United. And uh, this actually comes back to another discussion that was been on Twitter recently about amateur players being paid. And um, obviously we, we don't know if it's true or not, but certain Leinster Senior League teams do pay good wages. And uh, I don't know, could be another reason Dave came back. Jump in, jump, jump up top there. Dave will pay a card insurance. <laughs> now you, you never know. What is he? Thirty four. I thirty seven. He's he's old anyway. He's yeah. he's, he's definitely not. Well, he was linked. I think didn't he train with us for a couple of weeks? Yeah, he was linked yeah. with us. But uh, just to jump back for a second, we mentioned UCD, and to sorry ties in with the Bowes fans calling Brazder disrespectful. Um, and classless right here's the definition of classless oh, here we if go. you google James Talbot's interview about UCD after they bet them 3-0 earlier in the season and for no reason at all he's calling them bottlers yeah that, all these young players that was out of nowhere wasn't it now that is classless like why did he do that why Why did yeah. he just decide to call a bunch of students classless now you track Stephen Bradley's media record in the last three years Obviously, he's made some mistakes, but has he ever actually said something like classes towards an opponent or a opposition manager? I don't think so. I can't think of it. I think he's one of the most respectful managers in the league. Yeah. Gone by his media comments. I think so as well, yeah. He'd be quite, um, like, um, yeah, no, I can't I can't remember any time that he's he's yeah. been disrespectful at all. And that was, like I said, he's, he's a bit of a mouth tab, it just randomly out of nowhere. Like, why do that? You've beaten them three 0 Why? Why even say it? You know, I think he's just trying to endear himself to the fans, maybe. But it's not exactly something. Mm. I mean, what are the fans gonna get roiled up? They're gonna be, oh, did you hear Talbot was hammering the UCD players? They're off doing their homework now. Like, like, what, what are you <laughs> gonna get out of that? But uh, yeah, so uh, we'll move on to our underage results. We had the under 19s beat UCD three 0 and Talla and they're in action tonight, Wednesday, as we are recording this. Prof, I think we have that result in, do we? The dairy one, they won 3 0. 3 0, absolute cracker of a save from Keen Clark as well. It's on Facebook if you can get a hold of it. He palms it out to his right onto the bar, absolutely fantastic. But uh, they are true, and uh, then they are away to Waterford on Sunday. So that is the under 19s. And then we have the 17s are out of the mark, Farron Cup beating 3 2 after extra time by Cork at Roadstone last Wednesday, and they drew one all. A UCD to stay top of their section and they play Waterford on Saturday as well at the Rollstone for some points. Haven't said that in a while. Like. Yeah, I know. I think I've had enough of them to be honest. <laughs> no pipe run for it. Oh no. The 15s had a weekend off and they welcomed Galway to the Rollstone on Saturday and the 13s lost 5 3 at home to Bowes last Saturday and they host Galway this Sunday, so unfortunately. Unfortunately? <laughs> unfortunately? Making up words. That's, that's a new word. <laughs> Unfortulations, yeah. So um, that is uh, the underage section, and we have some congratulations, not unfortulations, to the Shamrock Rovers amputee team who are crowned league champions at Turners Cross on Saturday. So big congrats to Stuart McSweeney and all the players, and the goal, the goal that won it was a cracker, little yeah. Jack Bourness true ball and turn and finish, fantastic finish. Yeah. And finally, we get one over Bowes in some manner. Um, yeah. So big congratulations to all the lads and. Uh, Possible interview, possible session. Johnny Blues maybe bring the cup down. 
Well, if you remember, I did the interview uh, Stewie uh, about the MPT squad. When was it? Sometime last year, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember. And results weren't great at the time, but they've obviously been building, and uh, no, big congrats to them. They have to win the league now. And onto our loan watch, we had Dean Williams winning Bray's Player of the Month, and uh, the trophy was presented to him by Robert Smith from The Cure. Uh, yes, it was presented <laughs> to him by Otto from The Simpsons. <laughs> much better <laughs> oh man we just keep calling these out oh uh, yeah, we yeah. Any, any more um, yeah. uh, I don't know <laughs> I think of anything the teenage undertaker it's that, that is just classic League of Ireland oh, just man. the randomness of it total random um, brilliant though uh, yeah Dean Player is very player of the month and he's been, uh, he's been fantastic so he's one I really mm. want to see get a run in the fourth team eventually he's up to 12 goals now at Lawn and Bray combined 12 goals the fourth of him. So our away game against Dundalk on September 13th is now off because they played Derry in the final after they trashed trashed Bows 6-1 trashed them Prof wow oh, I think um, I think they put took the foot off the gas as well so that was Monday semi-final so we strong were, team they put out too Bows we were going to run a bus in conjunction with another uh, group of fans we're going to do a, a, a 77 seat or Double decker, so uh, keep an ear out for that. We possibly not do it if it's midweek because it's a tougher one. But if it's on a regular, if, if it don't, it's it won't. Gonna, it's gonna, gonna be rescheduled. It's gonna be shoehorned into a Monday or Tuesday. Isn't it's it? gonna be midweek. Yeah. So unfortunately for that, last year as well, wasn't it? Like uh, we played and then Tuesday, we got that late winner out there. Mm. Uh, is, that, is that where you grabbed Shazzy by the face and <laughs> hugged him? Gave him an Yeah. Great, great trip. But if we are ever gonna have like a short one, because those double deckers actually can't travel far. <laughs> They can't go over 100 kilometers, so uh, that's what the bus companies tell us. So if we do get another trip in around there, neck of the woods, and then we will, uh, we will certainly think we'll run the double decker. That transitions nicely into my rant about the scheduling, gear. Okay, go on. This is an absolute shambles. Yeah. We knew, we knew that Waterford game would just be put in some bollock spot on a Monday mm-hmm. in August or September totally agree with you and, and here we were and where did they put it four days after our trip to what to Derry and then they had to reschedule the home game against Waterford and they put it three days before Bowes we're probably going to have to rest about six players in that game oh we'll be doing a shuffle definitely shuffling players around it's just really frustrating and even even I think wasn't there a, a 21's game on the same schedule on the same night as a as a League of Ireland game recently as well. Like mm. they they do they know the, like the home teams the the teams that own these stadiums playing them on like certain nights. Well, they clearly didn't uh, take the Toulon tournament into consideration. They could have foreseen that with the fixture clash. They didn't do anything about it. Then both clubs, Rovers and Monterford, wanted to play the game. They still called it off in the interest of the league. Yep. That was Frank Gavin's show in the interest of the league. I just wonder who is the actual, like whose job this is to to actually keep an eye on the fixtures. Like this should be an active job. This should be somebody constantly looking at the fixtures and thinking, okay, well, here's going to be a problem here further down the line. There's going to be a problem further down the line. They need to keep an eye on it, which they don't do at all in the slightest. And it's just take the fixtures. I'd say I'd say someone gets a phone call every so often, and they're like, "Fucking, there's two fixture schedule for the one night. Get that sorted. I'll throw it in on a Monday in five weeks." That I guarantee you that's how it works. Guarantee you that's no how it works. There's no top one. No, not one bit. Can I also uh, reiterate my utter hatred 
for the scheduling of the FAI Cup now. Ah, oh, yeah. Do you know? Do you know how long it takes now for from the first round to the semi-finals to be played? Five weeks. Six weeks. Six weeks. That's like a, a training camp in Portugal. <laughs> it is. It's bad form, isn't how it? How is that a cup camp? Are we lose? Is are we losing the magic? The season starts in mid-February. And you play your first get round the cup in, was it, early August? Yeah. So we're already in the quarter. That's six months into the season. Mm. And then you've qualified for the final six weeks later. Is it taken away from the magic of the cup? Do you think so? I just think it's stupid. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. Nothing is, is nothing makes sense with the FAI. And this was all in reaction to when Dundalk had that run in Europe two years ago. Their bright idea was... Oh yeah, we'll start this now. We'll make the scheduling of the cup shorter. We'll start it later, and we'll remove replays in the first two rounds. Meanwhile, we're still jam packed with midweek league games. Mm. Why did they t- tinker with the cup so much, and leave all these problems with the midweek league games in? I say because they haven't done it before. They probably just thought, oh, well, how can we do this? Oh, we'll fucking we'll just throw the cup in there at the end, lob it in there at the end, and we'll be grand. See what happens. It is. It's it's just like lob it in there. See what happens, and then we'll fix it if shit hits the fan. That's what it is. They don't like Reckon dealing with it. They know one who gives a fuck. Yes, that's Prof's rant. So before we uh, our, our special guest comes in, Gar, I suppose just a good week's work, wasn't it? Yeah. Derry and Modifers. Think six so. Six points. Yeah. Two really good performances. I'll just uh, do my stats now. Actually. Say at the end, a bit unusual uh, format, but few here stats, we go. Few stats from the prof. Uh, that was our tenth away win of the season, and um, we only won seven last year. Go on. There's a comment there on Air Sport pointed out that it's one. A big improvement. Yeah, it's the first time ever that we've won three straight games at the Brandywell in all competitions. And you actually prompted me to search this one. It's the first time we've ever won a league game. At the Brandywell by more than one goal. Oh. We did win 2-0 in the Satanta Cup out there once. Where we were 3-0 down from the first leg. And we won 2-0 away in the second leg. And we went down there. And and we matched our points tally against Derry from last season. 10 points out of 12. 10 out of 12. So it's been yeah. a happy hunting ground really yeah. hasn't it? The Brandywell. As for Waterford... That's the second time that we've scored five goals away from home under Brazzer. The other was a 5 0 cup win in Athlone in 2016. Right. So it's our biggest away league win under Brazzer. It's the first time we've scored five league goals in an away league game since the 6 1 win at UCD in June 2011. So we are back with more stats from the prof. And then someone asked me, what about the last time we scored five goals away from home in the league? <laughs> Outside Dublin. Oh, okay. So then I have to check that one. And it was 5-1 in Longford in 2002. Not too far away, yeah. Not too far back. And this isn't a stat. This is just a random question I have for you about the game at the RAC, which neither of us uh, right. actually made. But we are watching on uh, on Air Sport. Uh, why was the ball girl in her pyjamas? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't notice. Oh man, they're probably stuck. She probably lived beside the ground. I don't know. She's not. She's not Jeremy's, is she? Yeah. So that was a uh, that is the prof and his stats. 
and uh, our bus to Derry we were going to talk quickly about uh, left the Abbo at 2 o'clock and we were down in numbers this time around the usual gang wasn't there normally we'd pack it before we even advertise it and we'd have the guts of 25 on it and it just wasn't the case and all people have things to do and family, friends all this type of thing so um, yeah I think it was, it was 34 which wasn't bad yeah 34 we just about made it had a couple I think 5, five cancels on the day um, yeah it was disappointing but listen we got it done and uh, we'd known Mario we had PJ Countryman little fragile Countryman and uh, he was easily enough we could persuade him for most to do whatever we wanted so it was grand you know a lot of the gang is missing when I'm promoted to the back seat yeah <laughs> probably got bumped up I was back there with uh, Larson Kinghorn um, recently retired from the porn industry <laughs> uh, two pets again we had Risky Rebecca and Anna Karnikova. <laughs> She's uh, um, taken up following the hoops since her retirement from <laughs> uh, tennis. And Tommy got Risky Rebecca some flowers. Oh, I know. Yeah, she was so she was so happy with it. Ever the Su- romantic, Eric TK. He's such a gent. Yeah. I think he actually just fell and they were in his hair or in his... He just skidded through a field mm. and they just happened to be on him. When he when he got back up and wandered back onto the bus, and she just presumed they were for her for her, so <laughs> it was a drunken ramble that ended up being a romantic one. We'll be speaking about the heat oh. with with our our guest <sighs> later on, but uh, so bad. Just to add to it, uh, I mentioned that we were opening the emergency exit, but then it started raining, so then we tried to close it again, and then when we closed it. It started leaking, and I just thought. Where is Bucket and Mop when you need them? Yeah, it was it was so bad. I mean, it was, the, like I said, for the first time in a long time, I just didn't want to be there. I, I was just like, this is absolutely horrendous. I feel so violated. And for no reason, it was just... Ugh. I was going to crack in the end. I was going to crack. Who um, won the uh, Banjo Before Monaghan Award? In your banjo opinion? Before Monaghan? Oh, Larson. Larson won that, that was yeah. my thought as well. Yeah, yeah. Larson banjo before Monaghan. Um, yeah, so we were just come, we stopped in Emmyvale. Uh, Emmyvale's a great little spot. We stopped in the Scarna Inn. A uh, bit of madness in there for an hour, a few points, and uh, then we got a phone call. There was an arm. There was an armed. Uh, there was an armed checkpoint as well conducted at one stage by Tommy Kelly, and no one was getting through the town. The whole town was held up. Uh, we had a phone call from Alex, and. I just, I had no idea what he said. No idea. He, he said something about a flyover, a passover, and got it. And then I was like, right, that's Alex. And then I just hung up and I was like, lads, I had to put it on loudspeaker. I rang him back. I was like, what is he saying? He said, I think he said something along the lines of, don't take a flyover. And then when we got to Derry, I was like, what did Alex say again? <laughs> we just ended up in, in, the, in the city anyway. So it was no problems. But uh, yeah, so it was an eventful trip all around. Uh, one of my favourite stadiums, my favourite away trip, without a doubt. And uh, like no segregation, nothing like that. Like it's just a, it's a good trip. It's a good trip and my favourite because uh, always a bit of hijinks on it. Traditionally, we uh, we stop in Emby Vale and uh, Derek Maguire's cousin was there. Former Glenmore and drum legend. How did you come across that one? Do you not know, sir? No, no. She was telling people. Deadly. And yeah. we had a couple of new hoops. We I think we had one guy who had made his first away trip. A couple of other new uh, debuts on the bus as well. O'Shea and Hannon and his gang, yeah. who I thought were Garda. 
they aren't they weren't they were all right they're good lads and we hope to see them again or who was it was a Paul Feeney Tommy kept calling him a guard yeah yeah <laughs> what a so yeah. uh, great trip all in all and um, TK pronounced himself as the Heineken King yeah the King of uh, Chef, Chef Heineken King basically ho- just put a cardboard <laughs> of Heineken on his head <laughs> that's all he was wearing there was nothing else yeah. Okay, so up next we have Ben Cleary and he won our Jack Bourne song competition with his rendition of Dirty Old Town, which is caught on. And we've uh, Roy McDyer, who the prof got a hold of in Derry. Okay, so we're here with Ben Cleary and he's the winner of our Jack Bourne song competition. And uh, Ben, family steeped in Rovers. Tell us about how you got into the hoops. Uh, well, I couldn't even remember my first game because I was always going to talk of Eric, but um, probably from Jack, my granddad, Jack Wilson. Uh, was always a big follower of Rovers and my family's just always gone since. And tell me, what inspired the Jack Bourne song? I mean, how did it come about? Because I heard it first on, on the bus to Cork, on the Tifties bus to Cork, and it's an absolute cracker. So. Uh, yeah, well, I'm always just thinking of songs to make for Rovers and everything in the shower and stuff. And I remember Liverpool doing a version of that for Van Dyke, so it just sort of came to me when I, saw, I heard just talking about we have to make a song for Jack Bourne. I just thought of it then. Oh, it's an absolute belter and we had Tommy Kelly singing it from the back of the bus and everybody joining in so what was it like hearing the belter out in the south stand was a, a, a proud moment for you yeah it was brilliant yeah because I actually made one for Graham Burke last year but it never got going so I didn't think this would either but hearing a great feeling yeah. so how good has Jack been this season oh brilliant oh, it's class that we've been able to hang on from, hang on to him for the rest of the year it looks like but I'd say he'd be gone after that. He's still good, really. Yeah, the, the window's officially closed, so we can we can hold on to him for the rest of the season at least. So, uh, were, were you one of those room ruffians on the pitch when we scored against Bran? Nah, I wasn't, no. I, you're telling lies. We're independent. My family, yeah, would slay me if I was on the pitch after that. I hear Ray's been on the pitch before as well. It's <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, so the prof, uh, we have a little prize for you. So it, the prof has penned a book with himself, MacDara Ferris, and it's a copy of Talatoyle. Oh, I always tell him it's great toilet reading, so when you're on the jacket, you can it. open it up and you can check it out. So uh, thanks uh, very much for the Jacko song, and we'll see you soon, right? Thanks a lot. Okay, we're here with uh, Ryan McDyer. It's half time to Branywell, so we can't comment on the result yet, but would you be hopeful of three points here at the moment? I would, yeah. We've. We've had chances during the game. I can, I can very much see this end in nil all, but at the same time, I can see us grabbing a goal. You know what I mean? It's amazing how much our results have swung against Derry over the years. Went seven without a win, now we're seven unbeaten. Yeah, it was pretty mad. Uh, Kenny Shields was it had a good run against us, was it? Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, and then I think since the 6 1 at the start of last season. We've kind of just been all over them since, but I don't know. I, I could, like I said, I really could see this being a nil all tonight. Gary calls this his favourite trip now. The Derry was it one of your favourites? I, I've never been to the Brandywell, and I've actually never been to Derry at all. So all it's right. my first time up here. Um, I was supposed to come up in the Hoops SE bus in I think April or May, but it got um, it got cancelled. I literally I had the key in the door to lock the house. And I checked my phone and I got a text saying it was cancelled because of the, the shooting the night before. So, um, yeah, I've never been up here before. So, How did you make it up today? I was on the Hoops SE bus, yeah. So you're one of uh, the Swords Hoops, you're friends with Sean O'Connor, so that's how you get to the game from Swords from the north side? Yeah, usually um, 
ever since they opened the bar last year, I, uh, I try to get the, the bus into Lewis out. Before that, I would have driven, but um, usually there's a few of us going up, yeah. Um, I see Sean there the odd time, and a friend of mine as well, Conor Fitzpatrick, who writes for the programme. He, um, he comes the odd time as well, and then there's Andy Hogan as well as another lad, and then we have a mate of ours, Barry Maher, who lives out. He lives in Tallaght, he lives about five minutes just uh, out from the stadium, so we meet up, meet, yeah, meet up with him as well most weeks, so... So what, what year did you start following the hoops and how did you get into them? Uh, 2012, it was actually, it's just over seven years now actually, it was the League Cup semi-final. Um, Connor Fitzpatrick brought me out to Rovers against Limerick in the semi-final of the League Cup um, in Tala and that was my first ever game. It was, the fir- it was actually the first ever game where we had the electronic scoreboard on the, the little blue shed in the corner. Yeah. Um, and I went out to that and I think we won that and we might have won the League Cup that year I'm not sure but we, we either won it that year or the year after yeah 2012 we lost that final that was the famous Craig Gilbert one uh, I don't think I was at that I would have been at the one after then when I, I'm nearly certain we bet draw had it by six goals or something but um, yeah I was at that game Brad and Stephen Bradley actually was playing in that game as well he played for about 70 minutes so there's kind of a whole there's a weird kind of circle to it where my first ever game he was playing against us and now he's the manager so but um, yeah I got I got brought to that game and then I think I went to a few more games for a year or two after and then I got a season ticket for 2015 and I've had one ever since so that's seven years give or take you've seen some players come and go who would be your favourite um like I, I, I missed out on the whole Europe League adventure, obviously, and I missed out on the Gary Twig era. So it would have to be Jack Byrne, to be honest. Um, like it's, like I, I, have, I, I have messages in a WhatsApp group chat that I'm in from a minute into the first game of the season in Waterford where I said, lads, Jack Byrne or something else. Like the, you could tell straight away he's too good to be playing in this league and he just keeps... He keeps just doing things that I don't expect him to do. Like I, I, I kind of hate watching him in a way because I, 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 like he'll, he'll run with the ball and I'm dead set saying you have to give the ball to Finner. He's ten yards away from you, and he'll just sweep his left foot and ping a forty-yard ball out to Sean Cavani who runs onto it. And it's he just he's he just thinks differently to everyone else in this league. I think. So you mentioned Jack Byrne there. Do you have any concern at all that him and Graham Burke could get into his way, or do you see this being a brilliant relationship in the middle? Um, that's a good question. To be honest, I don't really know. Um, I, I, I can imagine, I can kind of see them clashing at times in the centre of the park, um, but I, I reckon after a month or two they'll, they'll know what each other is going to do and they'll get together and start to gel. So. I was talking to you earlier, you didn't get a chance to get away to uh, Norway and Cyprus, you were watching the home, but it was a brilliant Europa League campaign, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was great. Um, I, I would have gone to Vienna if we'd have gotten through, but we didn't, so um, I was very sickened about that, but um, next year, next year we'll get through. Uh, next year I'll get to it anyway. Um, we had a very good campaign, though. I, I didn't think at all that we were going to get drawn, that we were going to get past Bran. Um, cause I'm slightly pessimistic like that but we did very well to get the 2 all draw away from home and then to win at home was very good and then um, the first leg against Apollon as well was that was something else I, I, I didn't even really I, I didn't even fully understand what had happened the week before 
by the time we got to the, the first leg of the Apollon game and then that happened and I just you know I just really couldn't understand how we were winning these games and we weren't managing to you know win games domestically but they were it was, it was great yeah where were you watching at home or, or with other Hoos fans in the pub or? Um, the away leg for the first game against Bran I was actually at a festival in Spain um, and in Bilbao and I kind of I couldn't really watch too too much of it but I knew it was 2-1 anyway to them and then they got to 2-all and I, I wasn't watching it but my phone started hopping which was just messages from group chat saying oh lads Pico scored it's 2-all and my stream I was trying to get the stream going again on the phone and it finally kicked in just in time for the replay and I ran around like a madman at the festival screaming just Pico Lopez and I had a few hundred Spanish people looking at me like I was an absolute freak but sure Are you singing the song? The song? Yeah Well I, I, I couldn't hear it in the stream but I, <laughs> I, I know it now like. but um, then the, the away leg of the second game I was at both the home legs and then the away leg of the second game against uh, Apollon I was down the local with a friend of mine Andy and um, the, the stream is quite dodgy because um, I was trying to get it get it off the, the data on my phone onto the laptop so um, we missed the first goal and then I had to get up to take a phone call for the second goal and about two seconds after I got up Aaron Green unleashed that goal and I missed it so I couldn't see it for about 25 minutes afterwards until I ended up being able to go back on the stream to watch it but I also recorded it on the laptop and I, I think I was like the first person to put it up on Twitter and then I, my phone was just hopping around for two or three days after with people retweeting it and liking it and commenting it and stuff um, but yeah I, I think anyway the second leg because Aplon was definitely a bit of a mischance we, we could have done a bit better but at the same time you're going up against a squad that costs 15 million to put together against a squad that like you know, realistically, we'll probably get to the group stages most years, so I think the last one will. Yeah, so young Ben, he's uh, he's quite uh, he speaks well for a young guy, doesn't he? Usually, the guys they clam up when they mm. when they get near the microphone, so he spoke very well. Very well crafted tune, so yeah. ah, for a brilliant young man, yeah. He's uh, in good stock there, anyway. And we'd uh, Ryan as well, Prof. Uh, Ryan has been um, a bit of an ever present for the for the past while now, hasn't he? Yeah, a long time listener, I believe so. And uh, so, in case you're wondering, that was his video of uh, the Aaron Green goal in Cyprus you were watching. That's, that's his his video went viral. Absolute cracker. Uh, I I do I, I hate to do this, but I do have to make one correction to him. Go on. He said that his first game was the one where we had we first got the scoreboard in Tata Stadium, but that was actually a one-all draw in the summer of 2013. <laughs> his first game was a four-one League Cup win in 2012. So Prof is correcting people in yeah. their first games and everything. Well, There's check, nowhere to run or nowhere to hide. I checked him later and he said, uh, no, no, my first game was 2012. It was just a scoreboard thing he misremembered. Just fair enough. So that was the two lads anyway and uh, we hope to hear from them soon again. So we have our... It was the first time our bus didn't make kickoff, by the way, Gert. Yeah, uh, I blame Emmyville. Emmyville Goss. We just about made it. But we left late to begin with the bus. Yeah, well, there late. was major traffic. Major traffic. Mm. So out going out to the north side pickup was trouble. Took us 40 minutes, I'd say, to get out there. And then just messing and carrying on. But listen, we made we made, we just made a kick-off literally quarter, wasn't it? Just mm. made it, maybe five minutes. 
it was a couple of minutes in the game, I'd say. When we got so there. no messing anyway. But, uh, but Mitzi has started a petition guard to run his own bus. Yeah, he was giving us all sorts of grief. All sorts of grief. We're going to bar him. Bring back Ross. He was the captain for the day. Bring back Ross Dunn. Mm. That's what I say. And as always, consistently a good burger in what, dairy. So what did you go for? To give you what was on it? Ah, the traditional stuff. The you traditional know, cheese, stuff. Cheese, onions, tomato sauce. Can't go wrong. Just a tasty burger. <laughs> Tasty burger. So, uh, yeah, Prof, I think uh, that is all of our own news before we have our special guest coming in through the, the famous doors of Johnny Blues. So, uh, so up next we have our starting 11s and predictions. Right, I'm going to go for this one, Prof. I'm going to go uh, Alan Manis. Well, let's consider the injury situation. We've got Neil Ferrugia, right? Still with a hamstring injury uh, since May, I think. Since May. Uh, Graham Cummins hurt his shoulder in the first half in Waterford. Right. Berkey came on. Great sub to have. Joe O'Brien's probably still out, is he? He's struggling with his ankle, so he may not make it back. Right. So Joey Ferrugia and Cummins. Right, no problem. So we're going with Ethan Boyle right back and. Uh, Pico and Grace centre half we'll have uh, Cabo on the left Borky up on the left as well when I say I put him on the left like Cabo on the left back Borky left wing just Borky's just going to play he's going to do his own thing um, we'll go with uh, I'm going to keep Gary O'Neill in the team played quite well in the market. yeah I thought he did well uh, he we'll, played some lovely stuff in the second half yeah. actually and Gary O'Neill was uh, central to yeah the I think I'll keep him in there I'll keep Gary O'Neill we'll go Finn Bourne and uh, oh god gonna have to start again so Jack in the middle with Finnar and O'Neill with Borky out left who are we gonna put up top coming is out Green are up top but then who do we put out on the right prof Um been playing Finn out there the last Finn has been game, going out there I think yeah. we're going to have to do it again do you know what probably going to have to put Greg in no Mac and F Mac and F Mac and F in and then uh, stick Finner it's not even a wide position it's just a right side of midfield so we'll put Finner out on the right Bulger no not Bulger O'Neill Bourne Mac and F Bork out left Green up top and then the defence so that's messy but it's done here was probably a little bit different uh, yeah, your back four is the same, and I like the idea of keeping O'Neill in there. So, up front, Berkey. Berkey up top. Yeah, and my other four midfielders, uh, Jack, McAniff. I'm gonna throw Brandon Cabinet in. Oh, champing at the bit. That's my third one, and then who's the fourth? Ron and Finn. Ron and Finn. So what? Uh, my prediction. I'm gonna say four one. Bit of a scare. I'd say we'll go two 0 up. To concede and then we'll finish them off in our usual second half fashion. Mm-hmm. So what are you going for? I got three 0 win. Three 0 win and through to the quarters. Okay, so we have our special guest in the building, and it is the scorer of Belders. It's Aaron McAniff. Uh, Aaron, you're very, very welcome to Johnny Blues. What do you think of the place? You seen the press when you walked in? Thanks for having me. No, it's uh, it is impressive. Um, I didn't really expect it to be honest. Uh, <laughs> you thought it was a house. I just thought yeah. it was a normal house, and then uh, walked past the big 
dog in the living room and said, go out the back, and then this opened up. I didn't really expect it. If the walls could talk, probably. Could have been worse. You could have got the Johnny Blue welcome. <laughs> As Gary Shaw arrived, it's like, yeah, just arrived, and this man with a giant beard down to his feet. Half naked, yeah. drinking tea, so doing the garden. You got off lightly, I think. <laughs> but uh, but you're well familiar with Crumlin anyway. Your, your dad's from Crumlin. Oh, my dad's from Crumlin. Uh, my granny, she only lives around the corner. She lives on the Crumlin Road, so uh, I wouldn't be too familiar uh, around the place. But Do you have like, D12 in your blood anyway? Oh, well, it's in the blood, so... As we were saying earlier on, wasn't it? It's a hotbed of talent, old Crumlin, isn't it, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, before we review the dairy game, we want to talk a bit about your time there. So, but let's go back to where it all started. You played for Institute as a youth before the big move to Spurs in 2013. So how did that all come about? Um, it came about, well, when I was younger, I would have played for a team called Don Bosco's and then uh, my team sort of folded. Um, so I went to a team called Maiden City, which was like an academy. They still run up in Derry now. And uh, when I got to the, the kind of stage after under 16, um, they they stopped at under 16 and the manager at the time, Paul Key, was going, he was taking over Institute's first team and he took a few of our players um, and me. So I started playing in the in the first team at Institute when I was How 16. old were you when you were 16, playing first team football? 16, man. Um, and like I got a good run of games and that uh, from probably around the Christmas period, right through to the summer, played most games, uh, scored a few goals and stuff and then the move to Spurs came about after that. How do you how do you remember the the first point of contact? That's something that we always love talking about. Is do you, do you remember the initial contact and who it was and how it came about? Um. Well, it, it was through a, a fella that was he was close with uh, Paul Key, um, and he sort of recommended me to go over because uh, he knew Tim Sherwood at the time, ah. and um, I went over once. Uh, and then th- there was no game that that time the first time I went over and they said we're, we're going to need you back over to play a game um, so that came about probably about two weeks after I went back over again and we played against Aston Villa and I'd done quite well in the game mm-hmm. and then I still didn't I, I had an I- idea that they liked me but then it wasn't for another maybe two or three weeks Com- it was coming up to the end of the school year and I just got a phone call and said that they're going to offer you a contract, and I was buzzing. And what about uh, what type of names did you play against that day? Can you remember? Um, or with? Or with? Yeah, anybody that's <coughs> kind of stuck out. The trial game that I played in was actually it was like an under 16 17s <coughs> game. It wasn't the actual under eighteen Premier League yeah. because uh, they played in the pitch beside us. But because you're not registered at the time, you can't play in them games. Oh, they'd be official games. They're they? official right. games. So I played in uh, with the like it was the younger sort of age at the time. But it was me and Harry Winks in the middle. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I think Josh Anima would have came on. Um, Dan Crowley played uh, up top for Aston Villa that day. Um, can't really remember much other than that to be honest there's a few trialists in our team to be fair yeah and you were happy enough with, the, with how you played two or three weeks later and the contract came out what was it how many years and um, they, so they, they offered me a scholarship oh, yeah. uh, two year scholarship and then I signed that and then I went on when I was there I went on to sign a, an extra year then 
And what was the experience like in general? Were you happy with it, or um, is it something you recommend to kids your age, to kids at that age? Well, I think when when a club uh, when a club of that size comes knocking the door to a, a young Irish lad, it's it's very hard to turn down. Um, but I think nowadays uh, the opportunities here are getting better mm. for for younger kids and. Um, Especially think, with what we're trying to build at Rovers as well. Well, we that, scholarships that, and that. that. That's that's the thing, and like, I think that Rovers is is the, is the best in the country for for what they're doing, and in that sense, and other other clubs are trying to do do the same, and that goes. I think the under thirteen national league now it starts at thirteens and then fifteens, seventeens. Yeah, certainly, those the pathway starts at thirteen. So yeah. there is a pathway for younger players. They go and continue playing here and. And develop here rather than moving away from home, and uh, that that takes all the the type of factors of homesickness and stuff. That takes all that out of it, really. Which would which is a major factor with a lot of a lot of young guys, and that's what Rude Doctor said that he wants a clear pathway right into the league world. He wants 13s, 15s, 17s, 19s, and then you progress all the way in. Um, so I was thinking about your early career. Were you always a centre mid? And follow up question: Were you always divine? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I I wasn't I wasn't always a centre mid. Uh, when I was younger, I I was a centre half. Centre half. Uh, Jesus. I was a as a centre half whenever I was started playing football really, because uh, I was quite chubby as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would have played centre half. It would have been like an old fashioned sort of sweeper, like just never really made a tackle but just sort of dropped off the game and playing in the old slippers and like just picked up the ball and I would always got the ball off the keeper and stuff but Rio Ferdinand type um, <clears throat> whenever started the uh, started to lose the weight and stuff as I got older then and uh, a coach just he threw me in the middle and then I started playing midfield from that but when I was at Spurs uh, I played right back a few times as well and I played on the wing a few times um, but I think that's just part of your learning. Uh, when it, academies in England, they they seem to do that uh, with players and play in different positions. They sort of test you out, test you out, and uh, make your understanding of the game a bit better. And what about um, when you were in the actual academy? Would you train near the force team? And did you ever train with the force team? Like, would would you be in and around the force team having like lunch and stuff like that? And would they integrate you with them? Yeah. Uh, whenever. And my my first year over there, um, didn't train with the first team, um, but like everybody was in the same building, mm. um, the two separate canteens, a youth canteen and a first yeah, team yeah, canteen. Yeah. Second year, I was with the, like the under twenty ones, and then, <coughs> I'd say after about three months, um, I was training with the first team nearly every day. Every day. Um, so who would have been a pal you could say who was your little training buddy or uh, I think who'd you go to the driving range with when I was there like out of the first team uh, some of the younger lads like Ryan Mason and um, say at the time Ryan Fredericks they they were kind of older they would have been in training with the first team as well but they like you would be close to them just because they're younger at the time yeah, yeah, but yeah. in terms of proper first team even Harry Kane like but in terms of proper First team players at the time that when I sort of looked after Kyle Walker was a big one. Like yeah. that, 
Um, he would have he would have properly came over and said how you doing and stuff. Him and uh, Kyle Norton. Oh yeah, nice guys. Uh, they're nice guys. Like they would even say to you, like, look, uh, fancy playing the PlayStation later on or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. Play FIFA with them and stuff. Like used to play two v twos, me and my brother against them too. <laughs> that? Like, but no, it was it's nice to have that because I remember the first day um, going up to train with them. Um, Bag of nerves. Really. Yeah, I can only imagine. And uh, we did just a passing drill in the warm up, and I remember uh, big Yunus Kabul. He smashed the ball in at me about a hundred miles an hour, <laughs> and we touch like I took a touch, but it was about five yards in front of me. And the next touch was a tackle. And wasn't? I was like, Gee, I didn't know what to do, like, and you just have to adapt. And uh, to be fair, all the lads there, um, they they were all they were all good lads, and. After a few sessions, whenever you sort of get the grips with it, um, they sort of they see that you're that you can play a bit, like, and then mm. I think when you earn a bit of respect like that, then it's it's grand from there on in. What about the uh, international football? Because you mentioned your dad's from Crumlin, you were born in Derry, so did you play any youth football for Ireland or Northern Ireland, and who are you leaning towards nowadays? I guess <coughs> I uh, I came down um, when I was fifteen. I came down, this was before Northern Ireland even contacted me, I played in the Foy Cup and a fellow called John Moreland was in, he was involved with the Irish under 15s and 16s I think at the right. time and he asked me man that would I come down for like a, it was like trial days or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came down and um, he, I played in the games whatever and I played between, I played mostly centre half like. Uh, but like at that t- stage, I was starting to play in, in the middle as well. Like, but he, uh, the, like the lads at that time, they were some of them were massive, and <laughs> like I was, I was still tiny, really. Like in comparison to them, could still play. And he said to me, man, after look, he can play, but he looks like he's going to be a late developer. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm not going to pick him for the squad, so that was fair enough. But. Uh, he didn't me, and then the North, they used to do like a county development program, um, so they asked me to come into that, and then uh, I played with a North uh, under 15, 16, 17. All the way through? Uh, all the way through, basically, and captain uh, some of the sides a few times, um, and then at the minute, uh, I sort of just put international football in the back burner, really, yeah. to be honest, because... Uh, I think I don't really think it's something to be focusing on, focusing on unless unless it comes about again or unless you have a yeah. phone call off a manager or something. Yeah, then then you think and about then, it. And yeah, then, and then you think about it. So uh, that's that's really where it's at at the minute. Yeah. And then we had 2015, and uh, your time at Sports came to an end. Can you remember when it came to an end and the phone call or how it came about? And then was there any other offers? In England or anything like that. So, um, whenever, like the the last year that I had there, uh, was probably my worst year in football. To be honest, yeah. uh, just with injury, um, the injury took so long because. What was the injury? Tell us a bit about it. It was a knee injury, um, and to be honest, I actually don't even know the name of it. <laughs> I don't know the name of the injury, but uh, it took a while for the. Uh, they, for them to find out what it was because I was getting MRI scans and it wasn't showing up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 
at one point they actually might have thought that I was I was taking the piss really like <laughs> and uh, wrong this fella. And, and they were trying to get me to go out and train and stuff and I said listen it feels like it's just going to snap apart here and um, went and seen like a, a specialist for this part of the knee and in London and he found it straight away he said like that between the tendon and the bone or something it was literally yeah, right. it was like hard to find. Th- it was on a thread like and it was oh. ready to go so um, he said it's either an operation or a course of injections to try and tighten up everything yeah. around that area. So I got the injections and uh, it was like a, still a process to be honest. Oh. And it ended pretty up, hard decision to make as a teenager, isn't it? I mean, obviously you consulted with your parents and yeah. but that I mean, what, did they come back to you and say, okay, well the positives for the injections are this, yeah. but ultimately did they recommend surgery as a long term fix well like if I got the if I got the injections and they didn't work it was going to lead to surgery anyway but, yeah 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 but if I got surgery without trying the, the injections it put me out for like a year and a half yeah, and yeah. it was just might as well try it yeah. I might as well just give it a go so I got back playing then around must have been the end of February March so I'd been out that full year kind of thing and when you come back after that long being out it's hard because oh, yeah. you're not you're not really fit like you can try and keep yourself but fit but when you're trying to play and stuff and lads have been Sharp training and playing like you're, and you're yeah. miles off it and um I actually I played a few games I played well in them um but lads have just progressed and it's a ruthless game over there like if, oh, yeah. if, like so if lads are progressing and uh they just think it's like there's your time's up and they'll just tell you and that that was the mm. case so um just called me in one day and just said look uh there's like that's that's you basically the, the time's up like that's and it, uh I, I just said oh, fair enough like there's nothing you can do you just have to get on with it really like and was the only offer from uh the hometown <coughs> club Derry or was there a few others? oh well like i i went on trial the uh I went on trial a few places. Went Sheffield Wednesday, um, Nottingham Forest, um, Birmingham, um, a few, St. Mirren, uh, and then like it was a period where you'd been off. Like every, all the clubs shut down obviously over the summer. Yeah. So I went to a few before the summer break, but it's a hard period because. All the lads don't really want to train because, like, they're get, like the youth games are finishing <laughs> yeah, up yeah. and they're just looking forward to their holidays. <laughs> so and you're coming in breaking your blocks. You know, so like, they don't really want to be there, and you want to be there. So it's a hard situation. So you, I took the summer off and then went to a few in pre-season, but you can't really see much football in pre-season because they're all yeah. running. Like, and um, I think it was I went to St. Mirren, uh, maybe in the middle of. I think it was the middle of July and uh, I just I rang my man dad and I just said look I've had enough of this yeah. um, oh, no. just like you're travelling from one place to the other mm. um, and I went home they trained me with no intentions they really signed like because there was uh, there might have been other other things happening and I went home just to train keep fit and uh, Peter Hutton at the time just said to me he's all look uh, I don't know what your situation is, but um, like, would would you sign for us? Just come in and play football. And he said, "You'll come in, and you'll play." And I said, "I just I spoke to my parents about it, and 
for me, I was just like, oh, get this done because I'm fed up running here, there and everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just want to play football. Mm. And it was the first time for a while that you, you got a proper feeling that someone actually wants you to come yeah, play for them, yeah. like, you know what I mean? That push you over the line and it says, uh, yeah, I'll take that. So I just went, I signed there and um, he, uh, like, it was a bit of relegation battle at the time. Like, we needed to win football matches and it's hard coming in and did that when you haven't played in a while. So I signed there and then I played a few games, but nothing, I didn't do anything special really, to be honest. I was in and out of the team and and then um, just thankfully that we, we stayed in the the top division and then it sort of kicked on from that. And then Kenny Shea's coming in the season after that as manager and uh, the longest team Rovers could not get the better of Shields. How many how many games was it? Seven? seven was it? Yeah. And then they I think Bowles had ten in a row, didn't they? Mm. That they couldn't they, they couldn't beat Bowles beat them ten times. Oh Bowles beat them ten times? No. Oh sorry Bowles lost yeah, them ten Bowles times. Bowles lost ten we times. We got like one point against Hughes in seven games or something. Couldn't, couldn't win for love or money and uh, seven games without a win. You in particular seemed to enjoy playing against us you scored that brace in Bunkrana one being an absolute belt that Tomer had no chance. Remember we were up we were up there. Yeah. We <laughs> that was a cracker. I went straight in and then what was his name? Your man Cortis giving us dogs right. abuse oh, yeah. he won the penalty and he was going he was giving a lot we were up we were all up in arms but the goal there was nothing wrong with Charles' goal that day and even yeah. I know the ref and I <laughs> said it to him his son played for my team and I said to him next week I said what happened he goes I gave it I said I think Harvey flagged it or whoever was the line flagged it for no reason whatsoever but uh, some cracking goals that day Borky's goal yeah. absolute cracker his one in off yeah. the bar a Derry defender I think ran into Doherty's back we, and they gave it, free it was a penalty more than anything. I was like, we were talking about it the other day, actually, uh, me and Finner, and I said to him, oh, it was a goal. Oh, wow, man, there's nothing wrong with it at all. When it, happened. We, it took about 30 seconds for us yeah. f- for the goal to be disallowed. Yeah. So we had finished celebrating and all. Yeah. We were there giving the fingers, and then disallowed. Oh, man. And then we ran out and got a penalty then. Yeah, yeah, it was a penalty all day as well. Mm. I think there was a bit of a die, but it was, it was uh, I think it was Sean Heaney. It was, eh? It was, wasn't it? Oh, he wait. Uh, he does it every time, though. He leaves wiped the leg hanging. <laughs> <laughs> Some goal with Borky that day, wasn't it? The volley on, with the left foot left into foot the top ball. right. Uh, me, and, me and Borky used to have a bit of crack playing against each other. Um, oh, yeah? And I scored that day. And then uh, he scored straight after. I couldn't believe it. Oh, <laughs> Two crackers in the space of a minute, yeah? Good little town as well. You got one in Tata that season. You always seem to like playing on the Tata pitch, don't you? <laughs> yeah. No, it's... Uh, I said before, like it, anybody that comes to the really, like um, it's great pitch. It's isn't it? just, it's just the the pitch in the in the league that you get motivated properly to play in it because it's a proper stadium pitch is always and great nick and um, I I used to love coming down and playing on it and uh, <laughs> <You> remember. <I> <laughs> <laughs> That's a, it's it's a great place to play football. And uh, we're going to talk a, a little bit about Roy McBride and the tragedy and how much that affected everybody at the club. And uh, can you tell us a bit about that and just the whole the whole period of when it happened? So, like, we played um, we that year. We we started off the season really well. Um, we'd won our first five games, uh, and like they. And he scored his last goal in talent. He was, uh, he was on yeah. the match that day, to be honest. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like we played within them five games, we played both Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk, and 
we beat Rovers down here and then we beat Dundalk 3-1 at home like so we we were thinking like this this is this could be a good year yeah, for us yeah. like and um, then we played Drogheda after the Dundalk game and like people are saying oh this might be a banana skin or whatever and we went out and beat them 5-0 at home 4-5 I think it was and uh, Ryan was working it was on a Saturday that game and Ryan was wor- he worked in the bar Patters um, oh, did he? Had O'Donnell's and and there he worked in the bar as a barman. That was great. He used to get served all the time. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> no, but uh, he so he he said he was oh we we asked him like oh what are you doing tonight, Ryan? He was like oh I'm going to work. Uh, happy days, right? Whatever. It was just the norm, sort of. Yeah. Like he was going to work, and we were in for recovery on the Sunday morning. Uh, he came in and uh, just chatting, just normal, like. I'm knackered. I'm yeah, yeah. He'd tell, he would tell you stories about like his, Sat- his Saturday like night. Like yeah. he'd, he'd tell you all the stories. Like and um, then he just said, "Oh, right, see these other boys. I'm going to go back and go for a sleep, whatever." And uh, then I got a phone call at about I'd say about nine o'clock at night. Um, I was on my bed and Conor McDermott rang me. And uh, Roy Foley's up in Linfield now, isn't he? He's at Cliftonville now. Cliftonville, Cliftonville. Sorry, yeah. Can't really mistake those two. (laughs) (laughs) So he he rang me and like I was just let my phone ring out. I was like, what's he ringing me for? I'm in my bed, like, and (laughs) and he rang me again, and I thought there must be something wrong. So I answered it, and uh, yeah, he was kind of in tears, like whenever he rang me, and I I said, what's wrong with you? And he he said, do you not hear? And I was like, well. And um, he just said, oh, like Ryan's dead. And I was like, I didn't know what he was on about. Like, yeah. I thought he was winding me up. And he said, no, I'm being serious. And then I just... I Rocked the city and the club as a whole. Couldn't believe say, it. Yeah. Like, I just, just went silent. And like still, I was like, right, I'll, I'll ring you back, whatever. Hung the phone up and then uh, went on social media and seen it and... Then I got a phone call off the club like 10 minutes later, um, they say, and I remember just breaking down really, like, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was one of my good mates, like, as well as a teammate, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I just, I couldn't believe it, and it, it did hit the whole city. Yeah, um, absolutely rocked the whole city and the club. Because he was such a big character within the club and within the city, like, everybody would have knew him, really, and, uh, He's just, he's just a big legend, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, just we actually went that night, and um, we went up the and we seen him like, just in the way like that he, he passed out, yeah. away, like, and he just looked like he was lying in his bed having a sleep. Um, Once again, we do we send our condolences and to the, to the whole of Derry, and. Um, so uh, you had three and a half seasons with Derry, yeah. League Cup medal and a European goal to show for it, and then you decided to come to Rovers ahead of this season. So uh, we we were actually shocked, in fairness, because we were thinking like sometimes there's some signings that you just you don't go for because you know they're probably just gonna go abroad. We and haven't signed many Derry born players yeah. from Derry, but even that though, when it comes like 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 said like let's say I don't know like said like uh, or something like that, you're just thinking ah the, the next step is abroad. When he signed, I think I think I rang him. I was like, "Fucking Mac and Emma's after signing." I was like, "Lovely." I was thinking they must have gave him the gaff and tally. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
So tell us a bit about how the move came about and uh, how did you feel when you first got the call? Or I don't know how it works, if there's bids, if there's calls, but <coughs> when you first found out with the interest, how did you feel about that? Um, well, I kind of, like, uh, I know the manager a while, like, um, I used to always speak to him after any game we played, like, but I'd know him through, like, me man dad would know him and my brother, because he, he would have, my brother would have went to Arsenal, sort of. Oh, still at Arsenal now, isn't he? Uh, Jordan's at Arsenal now, so, um, <clears throat> like, I, I would always spoke to the manager and stuff, uh, and then, obviously, we, my contract running out last year, um, I think like you do, you just that's was just chatting to him like after mm -hmm. we played in the Brandywell Rovers we just won nil last year and near the end of the season he just said look what's your situation or whatever he said my contract's up and that's it yeah. basically and he just said oh well like if if you're um interested like we'd like you to come down and have a look at least like and Give you the walk around um, the old stone, the whole lot. Just come down and, and see the place and see what we have to offer, really. And I said, no bother, I'll come, come down, surely. Like, um, so then I, like, I came down and uh, like, there was... They all walked you through Jobstown and you were convinced. <laughs> you said that, that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's obviously, uh, like, for me, sort of... Like Dublin's a good place to live, really. Like yeah, yeah, uh, it no, is. In fairness, like you no, know, there's a lot of a lot of things going on and stuff, and you're never going to be bored really in your day off. But in terms of the football side, like just seeing like the setup at Roadstone, seeing what the manager wants to build and and what way he goes about his business, along with all the staff, really. Like that's that was just something that I wanted to be a part of, and uh, I got that feeling straight away. Um, off off the club and like the way they the way they treated uh me, um, and my girlfriend um from the get go you just family, felt wanted yeah like my man dad like like we came down uh me and Alan came down first they have a look around and then got a phone call saying oh would your man dad want to come down and have a look around and stuff and. Like, so he brought us down, we stayed down for the night and stuff, went out for a meal with a manager and like... Was the, uh, was Chef Raid <coughs> did the call in Chef <laughs> on the night now? Oh, we actually went to the Anvil. Um, <laughs> up at, uh, Do you think Chef, uses, Chef Ray uses too much paprika? <laughs> no, not enough paprika. <laughs> <laughs> I used to, he started doing uh, these like meatballs and pepper sauce and they're lovely. Ah, uh, we know the ones, <laughs> we know the ones. No, but uh, so that's they, a now Ray, that's a free bit of publicity. They're being the proper expecting old portion. <laughs> the next did you hear game. that story? Someone got his phone off him, and they made a huge post on Facebook about someone had supposedly complained about his. And food. he was apologising, and he went down no the whole road. He was like, oh, "I've been two years in Germany doing his whole this." CV and all, <laughs> and it was all a wind up. I texted yeah. him, and I was like, "Ray, listen, don't mind him." As you're a good chef 200 you're comments you're a good guy don't oh, do it and he's like it was a wind up guy <laughs> 200 comments like oh I love your meatballs your chicken's great ignore the haters yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even real uh, wound up to bits oh, he's a good lad right? and um, yeah so you were completely sold and I, I can only imagine though being brought down and you're going through the roadstone you've got like Darren Dillon then you're doing a bit of gym work after and it's just that it's the whole hog of being a professional footballer isn't it well I think that everything's there really uh, everything that you need to sort of better yourself and yeah. 
and have a good. You've no excuses, pretty no, much, I, isn't I, it? I've said that before. You ha- you have no excuses really to go and get better. Uh, it's not like you're you're going out on the pitch every day and the ball's bobbling over your foot and stuff like because the pitch is always in serious nick up there. Yeah. Um, even from pre-season, like we played eleven v elevens in pre-season, at, like a few weeks in, and you're like. This is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. You can actually pass a ball in this, like <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Whereas like other times, you you'd have to go and play in an Astro or something. Um, when we were at Derry, like, cause you, it's just impossible to train on the grass pitches unless they're properly looked after. They're always in good nick and rolls down. <coughs> always in good nick. Uh, they're always out like cutting them and looking after them. So, now nah, like just seeing the whole, the whole setup. Uh, I thought like this is this is the best thing for me, um, and it's it's on I wanted to be a part of really. And then we done unfortunate quality injury kept you on the sidelines for a chunk of the season, and just when you were hitting destroyed. So tell me how frustrating was that for you, and uh, did you perfect the old swing when you were when you were injured? I heard uh, <laughs> who's the best out of you and the lads who who who's, who can who can hit four hundred yards? Uh, I'd say who would be the best. Um, I've played with a few of them now. Uh, played with Jack Byrne. Played He's quite with, fond of the old, the old, the old golf carts, isn't he? Uh, he'd he'd tell you he's the best. Yeah. <laughs> um, play with him, Dallin Watts, Sean Kavner. Like imagine Sean Kavner being technically very good. He's now. very good at golf. Yeah, it's he's he good is. at everything. He's yeah. very good at Tiddly golf. Tiddly wings. He can play every instrument. Yeah, <laughs> yeah table tennis, basses. Probably deadly at FIFA for everything. No, no. Uh, him and Dylan Watts is very good at golf as well um, and then Greener says like I, I'd be good mates with Greener now and he, he says he can't play but he always asks you to go play a par 3 or a pitch and putt right, right. and he wins every time but he yeah. says he can't play actual golf uh, he's one of them he's ones he's a shark golf shark <laughs> but is it frustrating with you and when, when you first got the injury um like when did you just think, oh, right, here we go again? Like I'm just hitting me straight here. Because you were being held back more as a precaution, weren't you? Like you were yeah. probably ready to go at any moment. You were able to run, weren't you? You were able to run, but was it kicking the ball that was a problem? So whenever, whenever I got injured, it was it came out of nothing really. Like we weren't even doing anything that day because we had no game that week. Um, it happened on a Thursday, uh, and we had no game. I think it was the Fan Harps game or something that we had already played. Uh, so there was no game that weekend, and um, oh Trent, yeah, that was when we decided to play against the Toulon tournament, wasn't it? We had two players missing. We we're missing Brandon, we we're missing somebody else. We went up on the Friday and won one nil. Yeah, and then we had no game that week. Yeah, yeah. So it was that the fr- I think it was the Friday before that, or maybe no, it was two weeks before that. Sorry, right. but anyway, uh, just happened to train and just passed the ball, and I f- felt it that, like something unusual really. Yeah. But it didn't. It didn't seem that bad, and kept we we were doing like patterns of play and stuff, and like, just kept running and kept trying to loosen it out and stuff, and wasn't really happening. And, uh, and would you be forward like when that happens? Do you think to yourself, right? I have to tell the guy for sure. No, I tried to get through it, like yeah, because it just didn't seem that bad, and uh, I just I just tried to play on, and I remember. Glenn saying to me, oh, just step out. And I was like, no, it'll be all right. Like, mm. play on, whatever. And then the end of the session, uh, the lads were doing shooting. And I was like, oh, I'll just leave that today. Uh, went and seen Tony. And he said, test a few exercises or whatever. Yeah. And then obviously realized that there actually was something wrong here. Like, and 
So I gave it the full week, didn't train until the, next, the following Thursday, and we were supposed to play UCD on the Friday. Right. Uh, and then I, I trained on the Thursday, and everything was grand. Did the full session and stuff, um, and then and the warm up, the full warm up was grand. Then I had a shot like I was just side footing shots before the game, yeah. and then I thought, right, I need to test this. Um, so I struck through the ball and it just went straight. A away. belter, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> Curse them all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it uh, it just it just went straight away, and oh, no. it was a it was a tear on the tendon. Um, so mm. and like walking around normal day to day life things, uh, can't feel it at all. Like so, just when you struck a ball, was so, it? So like I I was could move around yeah, full mobility yeah. and everything, and strange, it was it? just a few certain exercises that made it sore. And then obviously the strike under the ball. Um, so then I had to go into the rehab and stuff, which was, it is frustrating really. And what's um, what entails in rehab? Like, what are we talking? Are we talking just like constant physio treatment, or is there like like chambers that you go to, or is there something <coughs> else? Like, I mean, I, I noticed that uh, some players that do go into the pool and they do work in the pool yeah. to help strengthen up. So, what, what way did you go about uh, recuperating? My rehab was. The first like first week, few weeks is like kinda sort of rest really, like Yeah. Um and then start a, start building a bit of strength on the uh by doing like <coughs> weights and must be painful, is it because it's still kind of injured. Uh, and then you start getting pains in all yeah. part of your legs that <laughs> like that you shouldn't really get, you know what I mean? Um so just putting a bit of strength on it and then uh like obviously it was it sort of came over the break as well, the injury. Um, and that was the sort of period when I was starting to be able to like do a bit of jogging and yeah. stuff again. Um, so I was on the treadmill and that then. Um, and I got like uh, shockwave therapy on it. Yeah? Uh, that, that? Ac- that actually helped. It's just like, a, it's nearly like an ultrasound machine. And yeah, it, yeah. it goes on. Does it feel it's strange? or Just like kind of vibrates your yeah, leg. Yeah. But like... It, it seemed to have worked. I did a few sessions with that. Um, and then whenever you go back on the pitch, still sort of was feeling like niggles and stuff. Yeah. But like, just sort of get through it. Like, How do you I, feel now? I feel grand now. Yeah. Um, sort of like going, going back into the games, like... Uh, like is it in the back of your mind thinking this? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that type yeah. of person, really. I would be more so just get out there and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. get on with it, sort of thing. Um, but like with the games that you're coming straight back, and they're not the easiest games they no, come in the no. you know the European games. So, uh, like I think I'm around last week and sort of the week before. I'm only starting to sort of feel right again, yeah, like fitness yeah, yeah. wise and stuff. So. That's good, and hopefully you can just kick on now for the end of the season and finish strong. We had that really good start to the season, and uh, April was a particularly good month for you. You had that those two goals in Cork, and we had the win in Derry as well. But you spoke about in the media uh, the treatment you received from a section of the Derry support yeah. that night when we won, and you said it got uh, far too personal. Yeah, uh, it was actually like the. Um the listen, it's a game of football, so it's it's a, you're always expecting the booze and stuff when you're going back to a club that you played yeah, for. Yeah, they're everywhere, aren't they? But like, 
like I expect that, and I didn't, I didn't once complain about that or, or moan about that because that's that's just football and it's just the nature of the game. You have yeah. to you have to take it like. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't like. I'm a football fan myself, so I'd probably be doing the same thing. You know what I mean? Mm. But uh, from a section of the support, they were like probably surprised more than anything. Way right? I was surprised at right? the things that they were saying. They yeah. they um. They they started shouting things about my uncle who's passed away like, and yeah. I think that's that's it's no real football for that. That's stupid like, and yeah. I didn't say that in the interview after the game. Um, but like, that's that's what was, people were shouting stuff about that, and and his daughter was sitting in the crowd. Yeah, so he, it's she, just bad taste yeah. altogether. She was she was sitting with my family in the crowd like, and you, you're playing the game, and then you're thinking, can she hear that? Because yeah, 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 yeah. she's not even ten like. And um, I just thought it was, uh, I thought it was, but stupid, really. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's not. There is no place in football for that. And I can understand the banter. I can understand the booze. I can understand all the the normal shouts, really. Like, and listen, you have to take it. Yeah, like, yeah. You have yeah. to take it and get on with it. Like, whether you like it or not. Um, but then they bring something so so personal really and the and the, it's just it's sort of going to another level like ah, I, yeah, and no I, I don't that. I don't think I've done anything that bad they like sort of mm. what, like why are you showing them yeah, really, yeah. you know what I mean like, very true yeah. it'd be understandable if it affected your performance that day did you think it did it a bit um I think the first time I went back only playing Derry like I, I think it did to be honest uh, I know we won the game and stuff but uh I thought like the whole sort of I thought it was hard for me, really. It, um, it was just hard to deal with the, like it, was, it felt like the whole place was on top of you. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. even every time you touch the ball, it was like, jeez, <laughs> I need to do something here. Bit like, of an atmosphere. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like maybe the first half, the second half, I grew into the game a bit more and it, it got a bit easier. But then uh, going back up there a second time, it was completely different because I just knew like. Nothing could ever be worse than the, the first time, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So two real win. We're actually going to do the quiz now. Right. Like, oh, lovely. You on the phone? We've got uh, Sean Boyd ready to. Not here. He's on the phone. <laughs> Sean <laughs> Boyd on yeah. the phone. Sean Boyd on the phone. That's why we have to resort. <laughs> From <laughs> Sunny Longford. How are you? How are you, Sean? How are you, Ari? We got cracking, so. So, give us your phone, girl. Right, so the prof is so, going to dish out the questions. This is the quarterfinal of uh, questions in the East End. Speak of that. Uh, between Aaron McAniff and Sean Boyd. And it's a bit unusual today because we've got Aaron in the studio and got Sean on the phone. But uh, we'll see if we can get this done. So, oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, to determine who goes first, I'm going to get Aaron to write down his answer so that you... Don't hear him first, Sean. So the question is going to be, how many goals did Dan, Dan Carr score for Rovers? So I'll let Aaron write down. All right. You, you have a ponder there. Boyd, he's mulling it over here. Oh, I know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> he's done the homework. He's been a bit, of a, a bit of a hot topic with Rovers in the last couple of days. What do I press to knock the screen back? So uh, we're going to start now and we will get... Sean's answer for us? Well, just keep tapping. Yeah, just keep tapping. Right. Do you want my answer? Right, so... 
Got this wrong. Let's have Sean's answer. Having a clue, really. Like. Ready? Go ahead, Sean. Is he gone? Did I hang up on Hello? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Give us your answer. Uh, 14. He says 14. Sean um, says 14. Aaron says 19. The answer was 15. 15. One off, Sean. So Sean, Sean is going to get Sean, the chance to go first. Sean's going to go first. Oh, but that's wrong. There's still no points. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, just goes Chances. off too easy, girl. Uh, first question I'm going to give you. How many penalties has Adam Manis saved this season? How many penalties are on my side this season? Yeah. Um, one. One? Yeah. No. Over to Aaron. Two. Half. No. The answer was three. Three? Yep. Again, two. One was uh, the rebound was scored. Ah, Dinny Corcoran. Oh, yeah. oh, come yeah. on. Like, he saved Still it. Still saved it. Know, but, saved it. Uh, and who was the other one? Bows at away, wasn't it? Two against Bows, yeah. Oh. Two against Bows. Can't believe we're right. that wrong. Right, next I question. I thought that was here at goal. Like. <laughs> stay on football. Next question, Aaron McIniff. What is the English translation of SK Brown? Is it like super? Just answer the question, Horst. <laughs> <laughs> are are is, is that your answer? Has to be. Right, so no, uh, over to, over over to you, Sean. Why is this translation for SK Brown? Yeah, yep. no, don't be, no, we can't see you, so don't be Googling. No, no. Um, <laughs> what am I going to say? Soccer Club Brown. No, it is uh, Fire FC. Yeah. What? Yeah, Jeez. it's pretty cool, isn't it? There you go. Fire FC is the name of the club. <laughs> I'm forgetting that. Throw a general <laughs> knowledge one to Sean now. General knowledge coming up for you. Boy. I don't know why this makes me think yeah. of Sean, but it does. Uh, should you misbehave, a court may issue an ASBO, but what does an ASBO stand for? ASBO, what does it stand for? ASBO. It's a court order for being a, a naughty boy, or if you go to court. Antisocial behaviour order. Ooh, That's yes. it. I want to ask you why you know that. I didn't even know that. That was a get. <laughs> it was not it's a good guess that was a great guess right we right, have Aaron up Aaron McAniff now general uh, knowledge for Aaron multiple choice so this can't be stolen what is the international dieting code for the USA is it plus one plus 55 or plus 16 I don't know plus Hopefully. 55. No. <laughs> it's one. I don't think it was. It's one. Yeah, so going back to football. So football for Brady. Hello? Uh, yeah, yeah, football for you. Sean, who, right, who won last season's Copa del Rey? I can't hear it. Who won last season's Copa del Rey? Um, Valencia. Yep. Oh, good show. We're actually in trouble here. <laughs> Football question. Uh, Aaron, Who has, which club has won the most league cups in Ireland? Like EA Sports? Yeah. Derry? Yep. God, good show. Back to Sean. 
general knowledge for you, Boydie? No, we'll stick with football. That. Stick with football. Stick football, with football. Football. Um. Which two teams have won both their games in the English Premier League so far? Um, Arsenal and Liverpool. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, general knowledge, you know? yeah, general knowledge, general knowledge. Uh, for the Mac man, Aaron McInniff. Spitting games and chasing cars are singles from which alternative rock band? Snow Patrol. Yep. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Do you know what? I've heard your musical taste and quite up to scratch, so I'm not surprised you got that. I've heard you already on a grand day. <laughs> right, boydy. Name the two countries who are in conflict over Cypriot territory since 1974. Um, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Um, this would have been more suited to Ireland, wouldn't it? No, you can pass. I have no clue. Any idea, Aaron? Turkey. And? Um, Greece. <laughs> Turkey and Greece, that's it. Ah, uh, she was in Cyprus. He was, he was stu- but he know. was there. Well, I knew it was Turkey and Greece, actually, but I don't know whether they say Turkey and Cyprus or... Yeah, it's a bit... It, it's a, you know it's I mean? the conflict since 1974 when Turkey invaded. It's over Nicosia well, doing his studying. Well right. done, Aaron. Stay on general knowledge, Yeah, general knowledge. Over to Aaron. The Chernobyl disaster took place in what decade? The... What's the question? The Chernobyl, the Chernobyl disaster. disaster took place in what decade? Um, does it have to be like the year? No, it gives no, the decade. Just, just the decade. decade. Does it have to call you on time now? The 80s? Yeah, yeah it was. 1986. 86. Better get body back into this now. Oh, back on the football. On, back on the football. You like this one now? You have a chance. Longford manager Neil Fenn began his career which with which Premier League club? Sports. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> right, Aaron Mack with a chance for the win here. The imaginary retirement with Rose. Four all. <laughs> and the question is Mario Balotelli recently signed for his hometown team name the club Brescia you got it yeah it's more to Aaron McInnes yes Morty and now ding dong of a of a quarter final unlucky voidy and um, did Aaron did Aaron get one question wrong though I did yeah he I did, did right? he got one to start wrong wasn't it I think you're calling for a committee meeting here. You could get five out of six, Roy. Nah, 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 I would believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on, listen, thanks, and uh, we'll see Boy. you soon, right? Cheers, yeah, come on, see you soon. Chat you in a bit. Right, so 2-0 uh, win in Derry on Friday. Prof, we ran another bus. Uh, sweatiest I've ever been in my life. 40 degrees in the bus, 20 outside. It was disgusting. Honestly, a half an hour in, I thought to myself, I'm getting off. I'm leaving you. Because it was <laughs> horrendous. People were naked. 
left, right, centre. It was disgusting. <laughs> I, felt, I felt overdressed in the back. It was disgusting. Like normally on the way up, dairy favourite trip, and you're flying up and you're having a gargle. You don't even notice the trip. Honestly, half an hour in, I thought I can't do this. I'm not able for another three hours of this. You and Conor Fowley just clawing at the emergency exit. Oh man, it was like a, it's like a horror film. But um, yeah, cracker of a trip. And the team, Bulger and Green came in for O'Neill in the car. And a lot of our play went through Jack before. So um, does uh, do you think Borky's introduction changes things a bit? Or do you reckon they'll, uh, where, where do you reckon Borky will fit in? Um, well, he's, he seem, he's obviously a good player. So he'll have no ball or fitting in. Yeah. Um, and it adds the uh, competition for places, really. Like ah, oh, definitely. You have to be on your toes now with Borky <coughs> stepping back into the fray. Yeah. And uh, do you enjoy the Gaffer's football and philosophy? Who always wants the team to play ball? I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoy getting the ball down and playing. Um, and I think we think that was a big thing that we done well on Friday night against Derry. Even though we didn't threaten much in the first half. Ah, uh, uh, what second half was brilliant. We uh, yeah. we took the legs out of them in the first half by keeping the ball and. I think that showed in the second half. Really, they they blew up a bit. Really, it must be it must be a joy to just want to play for the gaffer to want to play football all the time. Like it's it's not anti football at all. Like we we like even in the European games, we just went out and we played, mm. and we wanted to score. And it must be a joy to play that type of way, considering you're an attacking player. Yeah. But it's it's not like it's not that he wants you to just go out and play and play football, get it down and enjoy yourself. It's like. Playing with a method and yeah. and playing with a reason for for playing, if you know what I mean. They're, yeah. Like, if if there is ever a, a need to go long, or like he would tell you, you know what I mean. It, so the things that that he's saying to do, even though, like I say, on on Friday, uh, we it might look to fans or people watching the game, you're you're not going anywhere with this, or you're not doing anything. Well, actually, you are. And that showed in the second half. A method to so the madness. Say, he seems to be very strategic about <coughs> his first halves. If you look at their results this season, a lot of them have been nil nil at half time mm. and we've ended up winning two nil. Mm. Like afterwards at that game he said that his plan was to take the sting out of the game but, in the well, first half and build on that. And you could call it the old rope though, couldn't you? Rope them in a false mm. sense of security, then knock them out. Terms, no. yeah. Yeah. But I think we've got like not only uh like ta- technically and tactically, I think like fitness wise, uh, we finish games strong as well. Um, and lads like coming off the pitch near the, they still look fresh, really. Like, yeah, it's uh, the fittest Rovers team I've ever seen. Like the likes of me, there's you, there's Pico's Green, like the three horse race. Who's winning hundred yard sprint? Oh, it's not me in a hundred yard sprint. <laughs> 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 um, no, like it's not like it, there is. It is actually it's one of the fittest teams I've I've probably played on. Like. The lads, they never really blow up or, yeah, or yeah. seem to get tired, like you know what I mean? And that's down to the, the work that gets put on the training ground, really, and, and gets put on mm. in pre-season because that's your base, really, for the for the rest of the season. And um, whether things are going good or going bad, that, that sort of level of training sort of stays Yeah, stands you, doesn't it? You know? I think it's interesting, though, like... Talking about the first half, you said it seemed like may seem like to the fans that we're not going anywhere. And I had like Kieran McDermott just had a big rant at me at half time about how shit we were playing. <laughs> I've seen I've seen all sorts of rants at half time of games where we've ended up winning comfortably. Yeah, it's just chill the first yeah, half, yeah. Just relax. 
But the penalties, Prof. Um, I thought both weren't penalties. extremely soft. Jack's never, never a penalty. Never a penalty. Uh, possibly theirs was because it was a shoulder, a bit of a barge in the box, and he, he went down. But Jack, Jack just took a tumble. It wasn't even a trip. Never a penalty. But we'll take it all day. And uh, I don't think anyone was taking that one off you, Aaron. No, well, I said as well, I thought both both penalties were soft. And I think he's given the second penalty to even the game. Yeah, really. yeah. And Which you, I hate. You do see it, though. It, yeah. You see it in this league. Compensating like, for the bad decision. You know, yeah. like, um, and I think he's he sort of realised and the, the home support got on top of him and he thought, I'm going to have to even this yeah, up here yeah them ones as well and um, I'll tell you what some save as well we'll, we'll get on to the save soon but well, when, all, did, did Berkey want to take that one? he did want to take it uh, I think he just he just wanted to get off the mark really um, hmm. well he realised the situation he was like ah let's give it to this fella in the hometown club uh, well like I just went over and said look Give, give us me that. Ball. Give us the <laughs> ball. Like, and he said, oh, don't, be, don't be doing that. And, uh, and I said, oh, look, give me the ball. <laughs> um, so, so it, was, it wasn't the, a Rashford-Pogba situation. Uh, actually, give us quickly on that. That's something that I've never heard before. Two penalty tickets. That, that stinks of the gaffer not controlling his dressing room, in my opinion. I mean, there's two designated penalty takers, so therefore he's given them the power to say, okay, well, if we get a penalty, two yous could end up scrapping about it on the pitch. Like, mm. sh- like surely that's that's a bad bad idea to let the players choose. The way I usually see it is like, if a player's hitting penalties and he scores, then he has to hit the next one. Like, mm. and no reason from not to take. And the, the next only one. way he doesn't take the next one if he's not on the pitch. Yeah. And then you keep taking them until you miss two. Like, yeah. Because if you miss one. I don't think you should be taking off them for missing one. Like I think two's fair enough. Like and then someone else steps in. Uh, I think I think Watts missed against Harps yeah. at home. I think then he took the next one away to Harps. Was well, I right? think what it was was he wasn't on the pitch against Derry, um, hmm. and then I I scored against Derry, and then I think might have scored against. It was Pats, Pats. Pats away, yeah. And then he came back in and, like, he was the penalty taker over, yeah. so I gave him the ball, like, because I only hit him because he, yeah, he wasn't yeah, yeah. on the pitch and uh, then he missed, so I was like, great, fair enough. Ultimately, it's up, I think it's up to the gaffer to say, listen, here, that's the crack. If he knows there's some sort of tension between players or mm-hmm. arguments. But that, that, like, the whole interview, I know we're going off topic, but the whole interview with Oscar was, was kind of embarrassing. Mm-hmm. We have two, two designated shooters, as he calls it. I think like, I think Rashford has to hit that penalty. Oh, all day. Considering yeah. he actually is a fantastic striker of a ball, mm. I'd, I'd rate him highly as regards to hitting a penalty rather than Pogba. He seems to be able to, <laughs> to bury them more than him, but it was, it was a joke, yeah. to be honest. So up you step to a chorus of whistles and boos. So how do you remain so calm and composed? Oh, it's just uh, just sort of had a few now, like in the league. So it's just sort of normal, really. Like and um, slotted down to the right hand side. Very cool. I was slotted. Um, I should have thanked them again, really. You wouldn't expect the second one. No, uh, you'd have made a few quid sterling now. That coins coming up on the stand. There's a. Uh, like there's two ways sort of hitting penalties like just pick your side and go or whatever or else wait to see which way the keeper goes and I waited because I knew he was going to go early again like and uh, 
few of the boys would have told him they dived the way that he dived. <laughs> he dived that way in Tala and all my... Would that come into... Would you think about that? <clears throat> Most of my penalties that I have for there, he was wrapped under that corner of the net. Like, yeah, yeah. And all the boys would have... They are probably pointing behind me, like, that he, way. He's gone. Whatever, like, you know? yeah. um, I love the mind games. And, like... Like I, that's why I think the first one on Tala because I knew for a fact he was going to die that way. <laughs> um, and then I probably like he's gone that early the other night that I probably could have thanked him again, but I was never. <laughs> he was take, gone very early. It was it wasn't yeah. a great attempt. Of I, was, I was never going to take that chance. Uh, so just slide it down the other side. Just a, a side note, actually, the Derry highlights package. Uh, I didn't actually watch them, but they were hinting at something. They showed 15 seconds of Ronan Finn Jack Bourne. talking to the referee Green. at the start of the second half. Having an old joke on the laugh. Could, it could have been about that. And Robert's fans are watching it's like, how is this a highlight? It's probably about EastEnders. I've seen that. Tinfoil hats on here. Me and Jack actually spoke about that and uh, we both agreed that that's how we got our penalty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 60 a minute there, me the yeah, but uh, then we moved on to their penalty and saw off the game. Well, possibly I'll watch it again, but there was a, like I think he leaned over him and he, he gave him he gave him a decision to make and he went for it. I don't think so. You don't think so? No. I think there was a, a barge you could call it a, a forearm barge, possibly. But it's it is soft either way. But there's more contact there than there was with Jack. Jack just did a little tumble. Yeah, I think, um, I think that happens every week in games. What well, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. The inconsistency yes. in refereeing. <coughs> I don't think like can you name a ref? We won't ask you, <laughs> Prof. Can you name a ref that you rate? I mean, Paul Paul McLaughlin was decent before. I don't know. I can't think. I Generally, refing a game like Neil Doyle is, is decent. Yeah, but he can give the odd mad decision because he, the obvious reasons once again of his affiliations, or supposed affiliations. It's I like, like Neil Doyle. Yeah, Neil. I've always liked him. Yeah. Even like last year, and so I, he's someone that you can chat to during the game. Like, oh yeah, he have, he seems like the like a, the pro as well. Like he takes it very seriously, and um, full credit by the way to uh, Neil Scully in front of me. Second, uh, the dairy pair steps at Parkhouse, was it? Parkhouse, steps yeah. up. Informed Parkhouse yeah. as well. Neil turns around and he goes, he'll save this. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, the bottom of my stomach, I was thinking, just please save it. And then, what? what like it, it looked better amidst the, the blur of Russian beer and four-hour trip. <laughs> <laughs> Sweating and delirium. But uh, what a save. Yeah. Absolute. I think he went with his right hand to his left. Yeah. And it was an absolute... Belter, and I tell you what, we celebrated like a goal, like you would do, and then we went on. How hard was Four it minutes though? later, different, different games. Like the left foot, mm. great bit, of, great passage of play once again. I think it was Jacko put him in, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Sean Cadner put it on the greener, and then it was ah. one two with Jack. Great yeah. pace and power, wasn't it? To to get away. It was an old school FIFA goal, wasn't it? A little one yeah. two and put him in, and uh, super finish. Left foot top corner. Took a took a, took a flick mm. at the time. But didn't no. it just sailed into the top corner? Exact same end he scored in the Brandywell earlier this season. Yeah, they must yeah. think Greeners Ronaldo up there yeah. at this stage. <laughs> I love I love the picture of um, Bulger celebrating the penalty. save. Ah, I see the veins in his yeah, head popping out of his head. Yeah. Nothing but passion there. That is that is a will to win right yeah. there. But big Al, big Al, Aaron's laughing away here. The <laughs> Ronaldo comparison. Uh, yeah, so deserve win and a rousing rendition of your song at the corner flag. So the the bond with the fans just kind of quickly was cemented. I think I think it must have been the penalty. It must have been Penanga in front of the south stand. No, I think it started straight away. Yeah, but you, you bought into it though. That's the thing. The opening win in Waterford 
when Olki scored the last minute winner and you just came over to us and you were just roaring at us and we all just looked at you and thought we're going to get on well with this guy but I think you, you seem to get football like what like our, what we were saying before is that there's a lot of like footballers in the league that wouldn't have got football the way we do going for years in the terraces and growing up watching it, it actual live football not on the television you seem to get what going to football is all about yeah. and the, the live aspect of it yeah and the the fans and what it means to the fans. Yeah. Well, I was I was there like I'd done it all my life really. Like I used to go to all the dairy games from I was six seven years of age. Like so, I do get that part of football. Like hmm. um, and the part of like like uh, local football is like you know that that's that's this huge. Is, this is where you're from. Like yeah. so, like you're you know like you're going with your mates and. Uh, Everyone sort of for that one sort of cause, really. Like you know what I mean. It's different when. That's you, a great chat. That's something that we always say is that like let's say when we're going to like European way game, and like you're all there for the same reasons. Like like that band of brothers, massive yeah. amount of people all together there for the one reason, yeah. and it's 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 a fantastic thing, really. And for a player to realise that, I think that's why we we do take to you so so well and you know that as well you yeah. know what I mean so you've been going to games since you were young yeah. in the dairy community yeah. no, it's, and do you feel that bond happened very quickly with the Hoops fans uh, so it's happened like really quickly yeah. I am um, like I, it's, I'm really appreciative of it like because it's it's helped me settle here probably a lot quicker than, than expected to be honest um, when you you have fans singing your name after what three months, like yeah, or, or maybe even less. Like, I was, it was less, and I do believe the song was born on Airbus. Am I right? Fun Harps, wasn't it? Yeah, Boy. I think it was. It was way, born. Yeah. It was born on Airbus. Also, a rather quirky sandwich. Trevor Clark was born. Yeah, that, yeah. Day. <laughs> that was our first bus. Actually, that was our first bus we ever ran. So yeah. it was quite quite the eventful one. We played that day, and it was we were standing before the game and a huddle and. Greener tapped me and said, they're singing about you over there. And I said, surely not. Yeah, yeah. And he said, no, I'm being serious, listen. And I listened. I was like, what's going on? Ah, it's, it's, <laughs> the, it's the best song, man. It really is. It gets going, especially just just towards the end. Ah, absolute cracker. And then you started singing it to your, to your teammates in the dress room. <laughs> I heard you've got that song just on loop. Like, what song's coming on? Well, pick a song there, Aaron. Or come um, home after games and just play it in the gap. Yeah. Everybody's going mental. <laughs> I did know I saw that we started singing She Wore a Yellow Ribbon. We're going to win the cup. To you guys after the game, I'm not sure how I felt about that. No, no, yeah, Bit premature. I, I, with the second I hear, there's a song that when we think we're on the verge of getting anywhere near a trophy, you sing she wore, she wore a green ribbon, and I don't like hearing it. It's do premature. You, do you think this Bows thing is a curse? We haven't won this cup in 32 years. Yeah, it's mm. it's just we've only been following a bit over 10 years. So yeah. imagine like that 32 years of heartache. Ah, uh, it's it's crazy because they. Like Rovers won a lot before that. Like most we times, we won't yeah. ask you how many times. That's something that actually we're going to task you with this now, right? You are now our official liaison officer for the podcast. You have to educate the players on how many fucking league titles and cups yeah. we've won. It's seventeen leagues and twenty four cups. Not one player got it. No, no, Sean Not Callan. One, got well, Sean Callan, yeah. yeah. My yeah. answer was ridiculous. Forty six. Forty six. If we get it wrong, I'll sound good because they, 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 they won loads. Yeah, that sounds good. 
Nah, but we have to, like it's on the wall. Walk into the stadium. Yeah, it's just on the right hand side there <laughs> as you walk in. But yeah, so that's it. Officially, liaison officer for the for the podcast is Aaron. <laughs> and um, down to uh, the cheeky panka. So the cheeky panka penalty against your old club right in front of the new south stand. First ever goal in front of that stand as well. And some players don't celebrate. But uh, that's not how you look at it. I'd, I'd be of this opinion as well. So, I mean... I asked you about this at the time after the game. I, I loved your answer. It was basically on the lines of, you know, you're scoring a goal for your club. So yeah, you're, you're I'm Rovers now. Like, yeah. I can understand being respectful. Like I can understand not going and celebrating in front of the old fans, but you're kind of showing an allegiance to your old club if you don't celebrate for your new club. Yeah. So you go mad in front of your own fans, do what you want, but just like don't don't gesture towards the old ones. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how I feel, and you probably feel quite similar, wouldn't you? I don't I don't get it like this not celebrating thing because, like, you're playing for that club. That club's got fans. You played for the old club last year, and that club's got fans. So either way, you you're going to celebrate a goal, like yeah, and especially yeah. on that night because the new stand was. Just open and it was the place was bouncing like so. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Just turn around and walk back to the, <laughs> yeah. the halfway line, like you know. Yeah. Like just, just leisurely walk back there and with your finger on your lip, not gonna happen. Like it's it's not it's never gonna happen. Um, and like there was a proper buzz that night as well. Um, and Tala like so, just sort of go with the flow really, and that's you don't when you're celebrating the goal you don't really really think about like anything after yeah, like you just yeah. go and do whatever you feel really like and uh, I think like um, for people to say it's disrespectful and stuff to dairy fans I, I disagree with that to be yeah, honest you're not with them anymore don't fair enough but you're not you're not like I said you're not golden them I didn't not, rub anything in their face like, yeah you're not Gary twigging them like getting right in front of them <laughs> what did he get two three game man or one game man then it got rescinded in the end but Gary too was was, uh, was famous for his celebrations against balls speaking of the sales stand uh, what was it like when you were subbed uh, against Apollon and you left the pitch on the goal line yeah. in front of a jam packed sales stand belting out your tune <laughs> <laughs> what was that like goosebumps oh, it was, it was... taking it right I'm going to go up with them can I can I go up <laughs> it was uh it was weird because like usually you take your time and go yeah. off the pitch. The new and, rules are in. And the ref said, No, it's new rule and I said, Look, fair enough, because like that can be in your team's favour as well, like you know what I mean? So I went off and just like uh, walking along and I was like, oh, some walk here. Yeah. <laughs> it's some trek to get over to the bench and then the fans just started singing that song and the whole place was singing it, like and I was just uh, I don't really know what was going on to be honest and you have to it took so long to like walk across uh, that was unbelievable to be honest I was abroad for that one and I got sent the video and uh, I, I was looking at it and I was like I'm never going on a family holiday again fuck this <laughs> fucking missing games like this <laughs> oh man that's the that's, that's the best I've ever seen a stadium rocking yeah. like that like it's it, it, like it was literally the whole stadium I think oh man and disgusting I think there was one as well, I could send a video when, <coughs> whenever uh, we played Brand and uh, I was coming on the pitch at home, and they the whole stadium did it again. Like oh, man, and, it was unbelievable. 
was, I was sitting there. Just, I was sitting here like, yeah, this family holiday is shit now. And I'm sitting in the restaurant, just like I'm not hungry though. I don't want a beer. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Snapping at the middle. Not coming. Yeah, <laughs> not coming here ever again. Funny story, actually. Um, when you when the song started being sung constantly earlier in the season. I said in the podcast, I said, why are we singing about him scoring Belgium? He scored two penos and a tap-in. Yeah, well, no, the, the song was turned into, he yeah. scored a belter before, or he scores belters. <laughs> no, like, he hasn't so scored often. any yet, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just two penos and a tap-in, and then that week, you scored the one against Cork. Oh, you made me <laughs> my words. <laughs> I'm taking some credit for that. I think it fell down yeah. a flight of steps when we scored that. Oh, that's a, a good few really. steps. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know, it's crazy. At first, I did it again, because we had Joey O'Brien on. And I said, you know, dying to get your first goal for Rovers. And then two days later, he scored for Rovers. So here we go. What's happening next? He's probably going to win the lotto now. Into the quarters. <laughs> Come on, give me a shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, uh, with Apollon, they beat Vienna in the next round of Europe. So uh, I reckon we had a chance against them. And, and they just drew with uh, Ajax. Yeah, uh, what? yeah, I know. Last night, nil off. Was it nil off? Ajax. That, that, no, that's a different team, is it not? No. Is it? Oh, it was little, it might have been uh, Nicosia. That's Apollon. Apollon, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. But um, so reflecting on the Europa League campaign, uh, is it a case of what could have been? I think so. I think it's uh, it's obviously good to go and get positive results against top teams, and uh, as you said, they they sort of impose your like our sort of style yeah, on yeah. the games as well, and and that sort of that was really refreshing because <coughs> we, like you said, we we imposed our style on them. And uh, we didn't kind of sit back and let them do their own thing. No, we didn't. Like uh, we didn't sit back and just sort of scrape through like yeah. the ones that we actually got. I think we, the results that we got in Europe, I think we deserved them. Like, hmm. um, and then it's frustrating really because when they get the man sent off um, and Greener scores in in Cyprus, you're thinking like we have to go and do this here. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and it did look so well, and then obviously I think. The I think Greener meant to pass that, didn't he? Across. That was some strike, but uh, when when Lee gets sent off, it, it changes the game again, and yeah. that's just football, isn't it? There's so many ups and downs within a short space of time, and that's what we love, isn't it? Uh, it is, I. But we did ourselves proud over the four games, played some lovely football, two massive wins. Yeah. Very unlucky to go out in the end. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's obviously something that like a lot of the players uh, some of the players within the squad um, have obviously been there before um, and they've experienced that and all our players haven't so uh, if you haven't then like I'm sure it's an experience boys will learn from and, and it'll only bode well for, for next year mm-hmm. I mean we had the bus home from Derry Prop as well we did a little stop in Monaghan Monaghan's a great little town isn't it Okay. <laughs> we're glad enough. They, were, they were glad enough to see us weren't they we bus for 40 lads coming into the pub we were there beforehand though as well because we made a stop on the way up well, there's three sandwiches I heard so they must have been expecting we, we conducted an arm checkpoint at one stage <laughs> the cars coming through it's a great little spot isn't it yeah there was food all over the bus after that for a while I was going where is the food coming from trying to grab people out we nearly uh, we, we nearly had a lock in so that was a great trip but long yeah, poor old P- yeah but that's the long thing you don't mind but like because it was, it was this bus was from the seventies, I think Millwall used to travel away on this in London for fuck's sake. It was that bad. But um, it's mad you say long because like 
Like, oh, oh, whenever being at Derry, like, you have to travel to Cork, like, you know. Oh, what's that like? That's horrendous. <laughs> it's like a seven-hour bus journey, like, you know. Oh, what I mean? my God. I actually wouldn't mind it, to be honest. Yeah. But like I said, it was just this this particular bus. You don't, normally it flies in, you're drinking, you have the mm. laugh, but this one was just disgusting. Mm. Disgusting. <laughs> you used that word, Bill. <laughs> oh, Six times, though. It was. We, me and you were just sitting there quiet at one stage. <laughs> we're just like sweat porn it's disgusting <laughs> horrible like a sauna spare fair time for poor uh, Waterford actually they've got a trip up north in the cup to play non-league team Waterford yeah we did it last year yeah we played uh, Blarney United last year Blarney some and trip down there did you stay the night or would you we stayed down you'd have to wouldn't you um, that's like the other side of Cork yeah <laughs> and yeah. we won like 12-2 or something <laughs> oh yeah that's like one of the biggest stars in decades eh? alright so we have uh, it's probably one of my favourite sections now we have all sorts of segments and, and a bit of crack on, on the show but this is called Connor's Corner right now Aaron you would be familiar with this there's a young Rovers fan named Connor Foley and he's in our WhatsApp group and when he has a few drinks in him he tends to talk absolute garbage and <laughs> he tends to hurt himself quite a lot as well so um we're gonna uh, we're gonna read out some of the messages on the show and slowly as as dramatically as possible. So we're gonna let you do the first three, right? Now just read them out from whatever you see. Don't try to make sense of them. The first one Connor wrote in the pub during the Champions League final. The second one's about the Eurovision, and the third one was when someone brought into question the shape of his head, shape of his big fat head. So uh, Johnny Blue's coming into the bar now. Oh uh, yeah, this is the man I mentioned, right? giant beard. So I have to just read them out as I see them. So here we have Connor's so corner. I'm just reading what I see here. Yep, just read what you see. This place is Bogery. Then this group chat. Good gracious, some fella just all right, Skousla. <laughs> what? So that's that's kind of new. This is this is a, this was a regular thing for a while. Wait, wasn't the next it? one's about the Eurovision. Usually good-looking burrs, all those Eastern European. <laughs> And then we have him talking about uh, the size of his head. I'm head is unreasonable size. What's <laughs> wrong with this fella? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then he wrote after the dead again. Oh man, he's clowning me. You know what? We, we love him. He's, he's a good guy, but he just uh, English would be a strong point. So, this is after the Derry trip he wrote. He said, I eat sitting and Stephen Kafroigaf as wecked eat decked. So, that's him talking about. I don't even know. I think he's eating, was he? He was, he was having something to eat after a night out. Then he says, Wish S Club. He means what a club. <laughs> oh, what a club! Yes, yeah, so I mean, you'd have a great trip or whatever, and you just write, What a club. <laughs> Wish S Club. We'll save the best at last. Help with five L's. Bits I is love. Des Kleb. Yeah is yeah. Home est thinking about a ah. row yes. <laughs> it's like Homer having five fingers. <laughs> Does he be saying these like saying them or writing them oh, he's <laughs> writing them like so this is all being wrote out so we have an interpreter on the whatsapp group as well Maloney he can usually decipher them and give us a translation but that one I'm gonna ask so um, 
Yeah, yeah no more Euro for old uh, Barry Bear this year. The, the dog is the dog. Is, this same fella, the dog got his passport yesterday, was it? Yeah. He put up a photo. The dog just chewed up his passport. This fella is just uh, he's hilarious. But um, we're gonna have a bit of fun now. We're gonna have some quick fire questions for you, Aaron. So uh, your dream centre mid partner. Paul Scholes. Paul Scholes, straight off the bat. A uh, player you idolised growing up could be the same, is it? Uh, Roy Keane. Roy Keane. Uh, FIFA or Pro Evo? FIFA. Uh, Derry or Dublin? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Derry. Uh, complete the sentence, if I wasn't a footballer, I would be... If I wasn't a footballer, I'd probably be still at university. Still at university. If you had to pick one superpower, what would it be? Fly. Fly. And three dinner guests can be anybody from the past or present. Who are you bringing? <laughs> like, just it's, a t- it's a tough one, isn't it? Anyone. Could be anybody. 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 Top of your head. Interesting people that you've taught of throughout your life. Like, people... Anybody dead, past, present, time that machine. People that I know, like... And, oh, it could be anybody. Absolutely anybody. It could be Roy Keane, could be Hitler, could be... Ah, that's some question, that. I know, yeah. We can come back to it and we'll uh, have, a little, have a little think about it. If you could trade lawyers with anybody for a day, who would it be? Uh, Me. <laughs> uh, Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton, that's a good show. Yeah, you're F1 fan. Oh, I like it. I love it. Uh, Roadstone Revelations now what we have is we're going to ask you a little bit about the dressing room so uh, best dressed me worst dressed <laughs> also him uh, <laughs> probably me <laughs> uh, best dressed now give us worst dressed go on give no, us worst, worst dressed um, let me think Horgan isn't there anymore so he can't get any more stick he used to get abused didn't he Dylan Watts Dylan Watts uh, best trainer Pigo. Pigo, I had a feeling. And ladies, man. Jack Bourne. Jack Bourne. <laughs> Fastest. Um, that's a hard question. I'd say Greener. <sighs> Greener has a bit of pace. Greener's quick. Uh, Dan Carr was quick. Ethan Boyle's quick. Yeah. Um, Give us the slowest. Slowest. Jack would yeah. be the slowest. Especially yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> running back towards his own goal. Yeah. <laughs> Defending, yeah. uh, most intelligent. Um, Neil Farouja. Neil Farouja, yeah, true, true. yeah. Apart um, from uh, that phone call. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard about that. Uh, and least intelligent. Uh, oh, there's a few. Like. <laughs> there's a few. Rattle them off. There's a few. Uh, Del Watts. Um... Everyone's picking Aaron, Aaron Bolger in the season, but he's yeah, gone. We go Watsy. Don't Watsy. So we had a quiz. It was a Sean Boyd. And you've gone through in a totally legit uh, competition. And uh, we've announced our competition on Tuesday. So we're asking everybody to predict the quarterfinals, semifinals and the final. And that will uh, we'll go in for questions from the East End. So Aaron, you're against Sean Boyd. And uh, you've gone through. So we... Um, yeah, so we, as of last night, we had 30 entries to the competition. Uh, three people thought that Boyd would beat you out of the 30. And two people think that you'll actually go on and win the trophy. So two out of 30. 
So two you, people. You, yeah. you're, you're about 15 to 1, I'd say. Oh. <laughs> Joey Cameron. O'Brien must be the third, does yeah, he? Yeah, he has to be. Joey, and who else? A lot of people picking Pico. Oh, Joey. Joey's money's on Joey. Um, we do a Cosmaster um, before the, the games on a Friday, like in no the change room. Like, but, yeah. like, so Ronan Finn and Joey would go out. I sit in between them. Oh, uh, yeah. I sit and ask them the questions, like, on <laughs> the programme, but. Uh, Joey just wants to win everything, doesn't he? He's so well, competitive. He wins, it, he wins every week, so then. <laughs> really? The last time we did it, uh, Greg Bulger was a Cosmaster, and me and Funner played against Joey. Joey is still with me. we drew we drew. Oh, yeah, you're a fan of the Spice Girls as well, we do believe, Dean Dillon. Um, you beat him, and then your love for the Spice Girls was, was evident that day. And did you go and see them in the. In no, I didn't see them when they came, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bit one of the big regrets of your life. So we're going to the war for game five won the RSC on Monday and we had Watts O'Neill and Cummins came in for Bourke, uh, Bulger and you and you were arrested for this one. So just might as well just go straight into it, Jacko. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So who got that assist? Because was it O'Neill? Was a little it was just a just a normal pass and then Jack just produced the magic. Mm. Absolute belter. Thirty two yards and then twenty five yards. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say about The second one, Fame was excellent. Really like a penetrating run sets yeah. him up, and then Jack Jack was being fouled, like he was being yeah. tore of, and buries it in the top corner. Um, and he finally has a song, Aaron, yeah, Jack Byrne, Dirty Old Town, and you're still mentioned in it, yeah, yeah. even his song, yeah, you're mentioned like Mac and F, he is yeah. divine, yeah. so you can't even you're stealing everybody's thunder <laughs> here. Uh, Sam Bone came on to make his debut, was that his debut, yeah, really. And uh, I thought he played before. Good, good to see first, him getting uh, getting some game time. Mikey O'Connor on the bench as well, another former hoop, absolute madman. Um, so they kind of came out swinging in the second half at two down, and they had a lot of the ball. The crowds there again behind them, and then out of nowhere, this, this suicidal back pass. Mm. Feely, what was he doing? Like he, he can watch the back. What? Slevin it was. Was it Slevin? Yeah. He could see. I could see everything in front of him. I still don't know who he's aiming for. No, it was insane. Aiming for a few quid out of bookies. That's what I think. Minus two. <laughs> but, um, Aaron Green, yeah, absolute uh, super finish with his left foot and the weasel celebration. So tell us how about that. How, how did the, the nickname come about? Or was it something that he already had or who gave it to him? I think he already had it. Yeah. And then, like... He brought it to the change room himself yeah, yeah, by yeah, yeah. calling himself the weasel. He <laughs> just entered a real weasel as entered. That's exactly yeah. what he does. <laughs> um, if you heard like and seen some of the things Jack does, like you honestly wouldn't believe it. Like yeah, you say so. He's just such a character. Like, yeah. Um, and then when when he when we went away in Europe, uh, the first game, he said like. He just started like he'd come down for breakfast and he'd start doing the celebration and stuff and like, <laughs> and then it just eating like, his cornflakes like the weasel. It kind of clicked and then uh, they they did it. We did it over there and then I thought it was a because it seemed like you were doing it at a guy. No, no. I yeah. thought it was. I thought it was like a piss take towards a, him. A few people did think that. I mm. think, um, but no, it was just. I don't know, it was just because Jack was doing it all week and we'd spent the whole week together. Basically. Oh, he's just running around Norway. <laughs> the weasel, but we had uh, Jack again with another assist. Uh, very opportunist ball over the top and greener with the lob prof. I'd say you were... Oh, the sec- yeah, the third goal was the on the right-hand side. He slotted in, yeah. And the fourth goal was the lob. Fourth yeah. was the lob. Two one-on-one goals. And throw in Derry. Another one-on-one goal. He's lethal. 
he's he, lethal he, at the he's minute. spoken in the media about how he doesn't understand himself why the one in Cyprus flies in from 25 yards <laughs> and he's been missing some of the so-called easier ones but uh, that's four goals and four now in but August he is the four man yeah. at the minute and two it, goals off the top score in the league I know yeah, yeah. so will we be eating our words towards in my the opinion season? like and Neil tell you himself he he should be top goal scorer in the league. <sighs> he'd tell you himself, would he? Um, he would tell you himself. Yeah, he's and missed he, a couple of sitters already. He's, uh, he's right on form now, isn't he? Um, it's brilliant to see that he's, he's scoring because he, I think he's unbelievable for us. Like The the work he puts in. The uh, shift he puts in. The oh, he gets tired watching. Every, every game, like and his hold-up play and the way he brings people into play is, is quality. Like So I think now... like. Finally, and the goals. We have a bit of confidence in, in he's scoring goals. It's it's brilliant. Like. Yeah, and then we Corey Galvin as well. Seventy eight minutes, another absolute cracker. Poor Al, right? <laughs> Sligo, two crackers from who was yeah. it? Jack Keeney and uh, Fordyce. Two, you're not stopping them. You're not stopping them. No bows what. away. He bows away with Mandrew. Bran away. You bran away. There's more there. Apollon at home. Apollon at home. Yeah, man, absolute cracker. Like he's and there's nothing you can do about him. You could stick anyone in goal. Do you just walk by Alan is in his room sometimes and he's just sort of like staring into space, thinking like yeah, he's just, just, just standing there and stare. And he turns his head. He's just like, it's like why have I conceded eight crackers this season? <laughs> just afraid to say anything because he hits me or something. <laughs> <laughs> he shreds, wouldn't he? Um, and then we had the young Thomas Aluya. Uh, did you did you like my rendition or my attempt at the song? I did. Sing a fire in there. It was uh, you know the song Hallelujah. So it's gone. Thomas Aluya. Yeah, I don't think it'll take off in the terraces to be honest. The Jeff Buckley version only, please. Um, so we Borky with a, we did yeah, Jeff Buckley. We did uh, Borky with a great bit of work on the left hand side on his tippy toes again. Never said where he runs. He kind of runs like his tippy toes. The arms go like this. Yeah. Borky watching that was, and um, Aluya with the left footed slot at home. <laughs> he slots at home and uh, great for the young guy. What do you think yeah. of him as a prospect? Uh. He's got a hammer of a foot on him, like. Oh yeah, yeah. it's something that we I haven't seen much of him to be honest. Uh, some when we do finishing at the end of training, like <laughs> it's, it's like a rocket ship yeah, coming yeah. off his foot. Like, um, <coughs> no, he's, he's shown he's shown good potential, and he seems to be getting better uh, as the weeks go on, like in training and stuff. From like the first time he came in, he's he's got a lot better, and yeah, uh, he's. He's got a, he's got a future ahead of him. Really, yeah, Brad's just not going to throw him on in Cyprus if he doesn't season. No, that's what I'm saying. Like he, him, he's yeah. only a young lad, like, and um, he actually nearly got to the end of a cross in Cyprus as well, like, um, yeah. And he, I think he scored. Was it? He scored four against Crystal Palace or something. Was, so, that, was that him? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He, did. he, did. he walks. He actually lives. I think he lives like two or three minutes away from my house. So every time he walks by, I'm going to sing that song. So if he says that in a train, just say, I'm, I'm not a stranger, I'm not a weirdo, so it's just me singing hallelujah out the attic just, window to poor Thomas he'll Hallelujah. He'll just turn and walk the other way. Yeah, he's going a long way now, he's going around yeah. the extra mile. Credit to uh, Brandon Cavan actually, he came on as a sub, and no assist, but he actually instigated he the looked forward, live, the he forward looked lively, didn't calls. He? Like one of them, he won the ball, the other one he played it through to... Had he been Bernie. injured? Was he suffering with an injury? He's been with the 19s. He, he, yeah. he, he was out for when he came back from there. He, he was, did, didn't he? He was out with an injury. I had know. a feeling he was out, yeah, because we'd seen nothing of him. He was out for about 
two weeks or something. Man, we Jack's post-match interview as well, all about Rovers, touch of class. He's saying he's not interested in that in the boo. Uh, call ups, goals, assists, and they say he just wants to get his head down and get stuck into Rovers, and he's enjoying his football. He yeah. really is. It's a, it's a purple patch for him. There's a joy in a Lewis face as well, and a nice touch to see Berkey making sure he brought him over to the travelling the fans and made sure that they got, he got their appreciation from them. So that was a really nice touch. Yeah. Uh, Prof, have you? Uh, we're four points behind Dundalk. Two games more played. Um, we're not giving up on the title just yet. There's like I always say, there's a light that doesn't go out. Anything can happen. I mean, let's just take each game as as it goes, and uh, hopefully Dundalk slip up, and then we can just put a bit of pressure on now because they've two games in hand now, four points. I think both of them are UCD though, aren't they? Aaron said as much in an interview the other day, didn't you? Like you're not giving up. No, I don't. I don't think you should. Uh, and. Uh, like it, there's still, there's still a, a, like a bit of a chunk to play. Like and and anything can happen, really. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we still have to play them as well. Um. So, as I say, all you can all you can do is look after your own business and and try and go out and win every match from now to the end of the season, and then, uh, whatever happens happens. It's sort of out of your control, really. Like, but. That was a potentially tricky one on Monday because it was four days after away to Derry. We made some changes, but we won comfortably. So it's yeah. a chock, yeah. it's a it's a packed schedule now at the minute. Yeah. So I think that game could be rescheduled, uh, couldn't it? It's due down for the thirteenth of September. Dundalk away, yeah, but they're playing the fourteenth. Keep an ear out for that. Now, if it is going to be rescheduled, it's going to be midweek. I'm presuming, but if not, we'll be doing a double decker bus to that one. So uh, plenty of. Plenty of madness, a collaboration with the Larrys. So, so the FAI Cup on uh, Friday, Aaron. Obviously, winning a trophy is the next natural progression for for this squad. So, and what should it mean for everybody to actually do it this season? Get yeah. your hands on silver. I think uh, any player once they won silver silverware, and uh, I think uh, like. The manager said it that uh, you can play all the nice football you want and and you can like have everyone talking about you or whatever, but nobody nobody remembers teams that that didn't win anything. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think that's that has to be a name and it has to be a goal to go and try and achieve, and it'd be brilliant to achieve it this year. Um, so that sort of it started obviously with a one against Van Harps and and then it it. We have to be focused on on Friday night against Drogheda. Uh, take each game in the cup as they come and uh, give the opponents sort of the respect that they deserve as well. And especially since they beat us last year. It's a talk of revenge in the dressing room. That's yeah. like you have to you have to. Uh, and the, these cup games are are always tough because they're just one off games and um, anything like anything can happen really. And uh, we'll be we'll be treating Friday night. Uh, don't the say way, the cup final. No, the way the way, <laughs> the way we would treat any other game and, and preparation will be will be the same and uh I'm sure all the boys are looking forward to it because like if it's it's just Are they aware how big the cup is and for rovers? I mean this is it's huge for rovers and I think the fans like we're disappointed with the first round with the with the crowd and that, and I just don't get I just don't get certain fans who who would pick yeah. and choose games. Like don't the get cup the is, apathy towards the earlier rounds. Cup is massive. 
huge for us. Like this is this is so big, and to the older generation as well who saved the club growing up. That's that was their bread and butter. You know, they saw what six six in a row in the sixties. Then you had the four in a row. Was there three trebles? Three trebles. Three yeah. trebles in a row. I mean, the cup is huge to Rover, so it's something that we we would love to get our hands on. My dad was telling me about it before I came down here. Like, oh uh, yeah, he was saying like because he would have went to finals like back in the day, and uh, he said to me, look. Uh, you go and score a goal in the cup final, you won't buy a pint and towel for the rest never, of your life. Never, <laughs> never. He's like, like just having a laugh like that. He said it's it's that big, um, and he just said when when Rovers won something, then it's it's massive. Like so, hmm. I'll be I would love to be a part of it this year, and uh, hopefully we can go and do it. So uh, not your typical interview today, Aaron. Uh, be fair to say, how do you, how do you find the media stuff generally? I don't mind the media stuff, I enjoy it, like, uh, it's good, like, going and meeting people, chatting to people, um, like, just chatting about all sorts of general things as well as football, like, I, I enjoy it really, and, uh, like, it's good to sort of <laughs> mix with people and get the thoughts of, of others as well, and, and what they're thinking on, on football and stuff that's going on, really, so, no, I enjoy it, like. Remember that your media day at Rolleston? Uh, it was about a month ago. Just all sorts of shenanigans going on. He, you trying to do one in the European game, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it ninety eight FM? I think we're trying to talk to you. <laughs> we were in Rostov, and a taxi just pulled into view, and the cameraman was like, "Could you just move the taxi out of shot?" <laughs> and then he he'd get in and he move it back slightly. I'm like, "No, no, more." And he just moved back slightly again. I was like, "No, out of shot altogether." <laughs> And then Brazzer wasn't too impressed. I'll just say it, leave it at that. Brazzer was not impressed by this taxi pulling up on the lawn. Who was at, in it? At Rolleston. No one, like, it was just the taxi. Just rocking man, up. Like. Yeah, the whole car park outside, and he just he drove in and around the whole entrance. Rubbernecking. Yeah. Having a little go what was going on. But, um, and then I tried to interview Aaron, and then. Oh, I think you just had a little blooper or something, and you started, you started laughing. And then a lawnmower yeah, came Then on. a lawnmower started laughing. <laughs> McKeely type it. It was nine minutes, but I think we spent about 20 minutes trying to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's it pretty much for today, Prof. I think we're done. Yeah, fabulous show. So, Belter. absolutely fabulous. Uh, fantastic stuff. We'll have the Spice Girls music at the start. Lovely. For Ariana Grande at the end. So Lovely. You have something to look forward to. Um, so that is it for this week. Um... Thanks, Aaron, very much for coming down on your day off as well. No worries. So, uh, much appreciated, and uh, we'll keep on hoping. Cheers, that. Thanks very much, boys. The warmth of your love's like the warmth from the sun, and this will be our year to the long time to come. Don't let go of my hand now the darkness has gone This will be our year, took a long time to come And I won't forget the way you helped me up when I was down And I won't forget the way you said, darling I love you You gave me faith to go on Now we're there and we've only just begun This will be our year